welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 122. As always, you can check out this podcast on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. You can also listen to us on Spotify as well as Google Play. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei if you choose to do so. And you can send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. With that being said, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. I also like to throw you can follow the Dojo Talk Podcast on Instagram. Because we are on the gram now. Yes, we're on the gram. Trying to be more active. It's hard because, like, Instagram is just all pictures. Yeah, no link. <laughs> so I have to, like, just make up pictures. Hey, we, you gotta start stealing. You gotta start stealing content, man. Like, oh my god, this knockout! And <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a video you blatantly ripped off of YouTube or yeah. some poor fight promotions Facebook. Hey, man, that's what I do. Just yeah. on Tumblr, they, they'll they'll appreciate it. You know, free free promotion to like the twenty followers. <laughs> 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 Or whatever. No, we gotta, yeah, the, we build the brand. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're on the gram, so if you're on the gram, follow us on the gram. So, sometimes I do actually post videos of fight reactions of when people get knocked out. Um, so try, trying to navigate the, the Instagram waters. But uh, yeah, if you're on the gram, uh, give us a follow on there also. Alright, so I have an idea for how, uh, for the best fight reaction. So... UFC 235 is coming up, right? You, yep. you, you you go to the bar or wherever people watch fights. Like, um, I don't know. Do they show fights at Hooters? Whatever. Um, you go, you go, and when Anthony Smith knocks out John Jones, you get that reaction. <laughs> that could work. I got I got a spot up here uh, that I think. Yeah, they actually do pretty good with hosting fights. I've never been, but they, they seem to promote it. So that actually would be a pretty nice reaction. Half the reaction would be like, who is Anthony Smith? Like, <laughs> I, I'd like to point out, they they, they released, I guess, the, the trailer or the, the, the promo for, um, for John Jones versus Anthony Smith. And there was more Anthony Smith in that trailer, in that promo... Than there was Amanda Nunes when she fought Ronda Rousey. <laughs> like why? Like it's John Jones' story. Like if we're being real here, like he's the one who's going to make the pay per view sell like three hundred, four hundred thousand buys. I don't know, man. That Anthony Smith fan base. Where, where's he from again? He's from like Nebraska or something. Uh, I want to say he's from like. I want to say he's from like 
California, but I feel like he's I feel like he's not from like a big city. Yeah, like he's like from a small town in California, I think. Let me check. No, he's from Texas. Well, where, where does he train? Oh, he, tra- he trains in Omaha. Okay. Yeah. With affiliation, disorderly conduct. That's a gym name? <laughs> <laughs> That's a gym? It, it is. God. Well, I mean, hey, man, disorderly conduct got him to a title shot. So what, what do I know? Anthony Smith's out here drinking in the park. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're in Omaha. There can't be... Uh, I, I imagine after sparring, there isn't much else to do when uh, you close the gym doors, so... You get you know, you go get some Pat's Blue Ribbons, set up shop in the park, and, and, and you just catcall all the high school girls who pass you by. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, God. Shout, shout out to Anthony Smith. Um, I, I hope he does it. This sport needs more stupid shit. Like John Jones losing to a big <laughs> If Anthony Smith knocks out John Jones. Oh boy, I'm not gonna know what to do with myself. I'm I'm not ready to handle that storyline. Um, <sighs> but what 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 are we ready for? The way the way this sport works and and <clears throat> but well, I mean we'll we'll get to it in in a few minutes. Just all the curveballs and and things that this sport just they they find new ways and and innovate to disappoint you. Like it's 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 always something new, always always something fresh. It's <laughs> a to keep you on your heels. Um, but real quick, before we get started, uh, shout-outs always to the listeners, Twitter folk, Tumblr folk, wherever you guys uh, like to listen to this podcast from. We appreciate you. Top cities for the week as far as listeners. Number one, Everett, Washington. Number two, Dallas, Texas. Number three, Saratoga, ah, Saratoga Springs, New York. Number four, Halifax, Canada, and number five, I guess they heard our call, and they, they answered, Cairo, Egypt, you know, back back in the mix at, at number five. So you just got to talk down to them, and then they'll show up. <laughs> so, Shout-outs to Cairo, man. We, we, we appreciate you guys. Um, just real quick before we get started, um, if I sound a bit nasally, um, I didn't know it was going to be this cold. This morning, um, I woke up and I like stuck my foot out the blanket and immediately got chills. And I looked at my phone and I saw that it was like 15 degrees outside. And like my nose in response just started like, oh, it's cold. So we got to shut off now. So if I sound a bit nasally, my bad. And also, I, I don't know if I, I don't think I slept weird. But while I was watching the main event last night, um, I was leaning on my bed. And what I'm realizing now was probably very bad posture. And I stayed like that for like all three rounds. So now like the whole, my, just like my chest and my neck and my arm, when I just like move, it just kind of hurts because, you know, I'm old and I have bad posture, so I, I can't do that anymore. So like it, when I make certain movements, I'm in pain. So if I sound like I'm wincing, <laughs> my bad, even laughing kind of hurts. Um, but I'll make it. We'll, we'll, we'll live. We'll live through the episode. Gotta persevere, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, after this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some stretches. But these people need this UFC 234 hot takes. <laughs> I'll make it. I'll make it. But um, before we get to 234, um, there were some other happenings uh, as far as fights goes. But uh, we'll start with news and notes of the week first. And then we'll briefly run through a few other fight cards. And then we will uh, get on to UFC 234. But 
starting with the fight news and announcements of the week. Uh, not 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 the busiest week, but a few interesting things going on here and there. Um, and I actually have a few questions for you that I want to get your opinion on real quick. Um, hey. But <laughs> for fight announcements, uh, one of the big ones, Alistair Overeem will be fighting Alexander Volkov at UFC St. Petersburg. Uh, this will be on April 20th, and that will be the headline. I actually really enjoy that fight. I feel like that should be a pretty... That fight can go a lot of ways. <laughs> That's, I feel like there's there's a myriad of ways that fight can end, and I'm I'm looking forward to to either of them. Um, and also on uh, that Saint Petersburg card, we'll, we will also have Roxanne Montferri and Antonina Shevchenko. Um, moving down the list, we'll have Glover Teixeira versus Ian yeah Ian Kudalaba. Uh, that fight has been rebooked and will now be on UFC on ESPN three. Um, on the UFC Philadelphia card in March. Uh, we will have Kevin Aguilar versus Enrique Barzola um, at UFC London. Uh, Cesar Ferreira is out of his fight against Tom Breeze. Uh, replacing Ferreira will be Ian Heinish. Uh, this hurt my heart. Unfortunately, Song Yedong is injured. Uh -huh. He is out of his fight against Alejandro Perez. Um, coming in in place of him will be Cody Stamen. So Stamen versus Perez will be going down at UFC 235. Um quick little news note <laughs> for the UFC that I thought was kind of funny. Uh, Habib has chosen to bypass his anti-bullying ultimatum. Uh, ultimatum. Uh, so he will serve his full nine-month suspension instead of getting it reduced to six because Habib does not care to talk about anti-bullying. Um, moving on down to Bellator on May 4th. Uh, we'll have Brent Primus versus Tim Wilde. I want to say that's the headline of whatever card that is. Um, and also a quick uh, news and note on Bellator, especially for fans uh, overseas. Uh, Bellator signed a deal with Sky Sports in the UK and Ireland. Um, this deal pretty much starts with the MVP versus Daily card. And pretty much what that means is if you're in the UK and in Ireland, you'll be able to watch the fights live now. So you can stay up till 3 a.m. until your heart content um, and, <laughs> and then watch Bellator at 3 a.m. in the morning. But you'll be able to see it live. No, no tape delay. Or, you know, anything like that. So, that that was cool. Uh, I thought that was a cool thing that Bellator did. Um, going down to Ryzen 15. Um, they put three more fights on that card. We got Roberto De Souza versus Satoru Kideoka. I probably said that wrong. My apologies. Uh, we also have Manel Cape versus Seichiro Ito. And Koji Takedo versus Damian Brown. That's all going down on Ryzen 15. Um, over in one championship, uh, the welterweight title will be on the line. Sebastian Kadastam will be defending his belt against Georgie Kishigan. Um, that's going down at one championship, Reign of Valor, and that'll be on March 9th. And last fight announcement, friend of the show, Jose Shorty Torres. Uh, he will be fighting at Brave CF 22 on March 15th against Amir Albazi. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Got, got got to support the homie, uh, Shorty Torres. So, now that I got the fight announcements out of the way, um, just two quick little mini MMA subplots, <laughs> sub-storylines. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you mention OSP? Oh, he has a fight? He he, he got pulled. Uh, he pulled out of this fight with um, Misha Serkinov at UFC 235. Ah. But, guess who volunteered to step in? Please tell me. 
is it, is it Santos? No, it's nah. oh, it, it's almost as good. It's Johnny Walker. Hey, there we go. There we go. That's what I want to hear. And that would be a good win for him if he pulls that off. Yeah. And it's a very winnable fight because Misha Serkinov can't eat a punch clean. Yeah. <laughs> but, let alone a head kick. <laughs> and Johnny Walker is really good at both of those. So, yeah, that's that's good. I like that. I like that. That'll be... Because Sir- Serkinov is ranked, right? Uh, I believe so. Like, there we go. bottom 15. Yeah, so that's, that's good. So if Walker goes in and does Walker things... Uh, as he normally does, uh, hopefully that next week he'll have a ranking number next to his name. Albeit rankings don't mean what they used to, but you know it's something. So, shout out to Johnny Walker. That, that's awesome. Glad glad he glad he stepped up and took that fight. Um, so yeah, two 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 little mini subplot stories that I just wanted to briefly touch on before we get into the fights. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this whole? Uh, Daniel Cormier not really feeling the whole Stipe rematch. This seems to be like an ongoing argument that I keep seeing more and more of. From what I can tell, Stipe and DC were both told after their last fight, or after their fight, that the next opponent for them would be Brock Lesnar. Now... Brock Lesnar is a guaranteed one million uh, buy rate, which is tens of millions of dollars for anybody who can get it, who can get that fight. And DC has said he wants to retire in like a month, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So if he has one fight left, I do not blame him for wanting the Lesnar fight. Does Stipe deserve a rematch? Sure. But, I mean, just based off recent history in the, of the UFC, like, and, and based off, like, the uh, like what they were promised, like, I get it. Like, if I'm DC, like, I want the Lesnar fight. I don't want anything to get in the way of that. Like, there's a man who... Almost had to pull out his last fight because he sneezed too hard the day of the fight. Like, like he he is probably not all physically there anymore. Like he, he knows like t- clock's ticking. He's about to be thirty nine. Um, he's got all this other stuff going on in his life. He just want let the man get paid and go home. Like that, that's my feeling. Yeah, I I see both sides. Like if you're Stipe. You were the longest reigning heavyweight champ. Um, you you were in the well. I don't say you were in. He he's in the goat category of heavyweight. Um, so I mean, I would say based on his merits, I'm I'm not mad that he wants a rematch. And I I, I guess I'd even go as far as to say he's. I think he's kind of earned that. Um, but on the other hand, <laughs> I think the only thing that's ultimately stopping him from getting the rematch and i think the reason he probably won't get it um is because he got starched like it wasn't like it was a really close you know it wasn't like a barn burner like we had went five rounds and we went to war like dc just kind of you know (laughs) he just kind of just kind of knocked him out um 
And then, like you said, too, I, I think it would look worse on DC's end if, like, let's say Brock Lesnar just wasn't even in the in the storyline, like he just wasn't even a factor. Then I think it would kind of look bad on DC that you don't want to re- rematch Stipe and there's not really anybody else. I, I don't say there's nobody else out there, but Stipe will still be a viable option. Um, but with Brock in the wing, like, I get it. You... You want it's your kind of weird, yeah. It's kind of weird because I feel like they're. I don't feel like either of them are wrong. Like, no, no, they're D- both right. Yeah, yeah, they're both one hundred percent right. If I'm Stipe, I was the longest reigning champ. Kind of based on that merit alone, I feel like I deserve a rematch, and I wouldn't argue against them. But on DC side, it's like, dude, I'm, I'm about to retire. I need one more payday before I coast off in the sunset and go chill out. So, and it would yeah. easily be his biggest payday to date. Right. Yeah. W- w- without question. So, yeah, like really, both of them are right. It's it's an awkward situation. Like, yeah, yeah. You brought it, in like, like, and on the like, does Lesnar deserve a heavyweight title fight? No, but not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if I'm DC, I'm I'm taking the Lesnar fight, whether I think he deserves it or not, because he's gonna get me paid. Right, and that that is ultimately. And we won't and we won't know about anything about Lesnar until. After WrestleMania is over, yeah. And personally, if you ask me which fight I want to see, like I, I feel like DC deserves that payday fight, so I, I would love to see him go out on that. But I kind of don't. As much as I've defended Brock Lesnar in the past, I kind of don't care to see this fight. So I guess I'm slightly leaning more towards the Stipe rematch, just because I kind of don't. At this point, I kind of just don't care for the Brock stick anymore. See, I want to see if. Uh... DC can do to uh, to Brock Lesnar what he did to Josh Barnett and just lift him above his head and then throw him down. <laughs> that that is that is the beginning and end of all of my desire to see this fight. Besides seeing DC get paid before he rides off into the sunset. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I I understand people not being super hyped about it. Yeah, because then like if 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 Brock if Brock somehow wins, you know. Fails another drug test, you know. It, it, we we might be in like another John Jones kind of situation. I mean, if if Brock Lesnar wins, Steepy gets the fight. Yeah, you know what and I mean. Steepy, yeah, so both of y'all get paid, or unless DC wants a rematch, in which case the UFC might give it to him. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it, it's one of those weird situations where like both parties are right in what they want, but you, know, you just kind of gotta wait and see how it plays out. But I feel for Stipe, like, I, it, when he was champ, <laughs> he was kind of, like, overlooked. And now that he lost his belt, it's just, they kind of just treat him like, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm not mad at the man if he wants his rematch. Um, who who were Stipe's three defenses again? It was, um, it was JDS. Uh, God, off the top of my head, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, I have terrible memory. I know he starched all of them. Was, over, yeah, Overeem. Yeah, Overeem, who... Should have won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, oh God, this is gonna bother me forever. Oh, Francis Ngannou, of course. Um, it's crazy to me because he was the underdog in all three of those. And in the Verdum fight. Yeah. And then Maybe. in the one fight where he was the favorite, he ended up losing. Yeah. Hard knock life, man. <laughs> Hard knock life. But um, I just worry for Stipe that he wants this rematch so bad. And, like, DC has already fought once since then. And 
it would suck that he might just be kind of sitting around waiting for a fight that just kind of might not even materialize. Yeah, it just might not even happen. Um, but yeah, but, um, best of luck to both of them. Like, like I said, but both of them are right. I, I can't really argue against either point because I can see both perspectives. But we'll we'll just have to see how that that fight plays out. I mean, um, let's be like if if they had gone five rounds and it was a super close competitive fight that you know people were saying DC one would. See, baby, giving him a rematch in the meantime, waiting for Brock Lesnar, because right. you know he'd be in his position. Yeah. And the other storyline, <laughs> I figured we would briefly touch on this. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about Colby Covington? Uh, him being stripped of his uh, the belt that nobody cares about. Uh, you know that 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 dirty I word, and him potentially suing. UFC, he's, he's kicking and screaming over here. Um, he should probably read his contract, and he should probably know the UFC has gone to court to say that the UFC title doesn't actually mean anything. <laughs> like, that, that is an actual defense that they use in their antitrust lawsuit. <laughs> so, and I, I don't know if Kobe comes from like a rich family. He kind of seems like a dude who grew up in a trailer park. Um, but dude, like we know how much you made from your last like three fights. If you want to go to war with the UFC, you better get your money up. <laughs> yeah. Because they will run you dry. And I guess for people who don't know, if you don't remember, uh, just to put context. So after the RDA fight, uh, Kobe won. He was awarded the interim title. He got to go to the White House with his fake belt. Yeah. <laughs> went, went to the White House, all, all that stuff. Um, sometime later, he was offered the fight against Woodley, but he turned it down to get some kind of surgery. Or whatever. And I think he had the, nasal surgery, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it was nasal surgery. Dana White said, oh, you suck. <laughs> Basically uh, bypassed him and gave the uh, title shot to Usman instead. Oh, he gave it to Till first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Till and now Usman. So he's been overlooked or <clears throat> bypassed pretty much twice. Um, to... <laughs> To be, I'm gonna try to be fair, but ultimately I'm not gonna side with him. To to, to shoot him some a little amount of bail, I'll say that I think other fighters that we probably are fans of have probably been in similar situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I I I can't lie and say that like I don't see where Kobe's coming from. Like, right. oh no, he's one hundred percent right. He should be yeah. upset. Like he won the fake belt, he should get the title shot. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Well, that's how it used to go. Yeah, but yeah, also, we've, it's just like sometimes I wonder, like, are fighters so in, I mean, I get it, because, like, you're training, you, you you got a lot going on, you're a professional fighter, you don't have time to, you know, watch the news and stuff all day. Kobe but, has to go p- find ways to pay girls to be post naked photos on his Instagram, so. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's like, you guys have to know. It's not like this treatment is, and I'm not saying that it's right, but it's not like this treatment is really anything new. Like, we've kind of seen how this this story ultimately, ultimately plays out, and it, it pretty much goes when one Uncle Dana wants you to fight, you got to fight, and if you don't, you know. Tough titties. Yeah. <laughs> like, he'll, kick, he'll kick and scream, too. Guy, like, this is just back to what, like, what we talked about when... DJ and the UFC were feuding like two years ago. The UFC's not your friend. Mm. Like, 
Like they're like they're a business. And like the machine the, the, the mechanisms of the UFC are not there to help you. They're there for the UFC's benefit and their benefit alone. Yeah, like so you you know how we say like you're in a fight, you're winning until you're not winning? That's that's how the business is. Like <laughs> it, Like the UFC's run like Walmart. Let's be real. Like I, I used to work at a Walmart they have the, like little we are Walmart signs, like we're all a big family. Like, no. <laughs> That's not how it works. They tell you when to show up, you show up, or they fire you because you are expendable. Yep. And maybe you shouldn't be. Maybe you should have a little bit more say in how your career goes. But you don't have that power. You you don't you have zero power over who gets the title shot. Dana White could go and give the fucking title shot to Tim Means if he wanted to. Just cause. Like. We were talking about the, the, the absolute shit pile that has been the middleweight title scene for the past three years. Where everybody's hurt. And everybody needs surgery. And like. And in the middle of all that, Dana, it was like, you know what? We should give Dan Henderson a title shot so he can leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dan Henderson, who was ranked, like, number 11 or 12 in the division. Like, it's all arbitrary. Nothing matters. And I don't know why Kobe thought he'd be the exception. I think like, <laughs> one of the quotes I read from him was like, I won the title. I went to the White House. I don't know more what they wanted from me. Like, I think he thought that him and Dana were, like, buddy-buddy. And then he found out, you know, that next day, like, yeah, Dana doesn't really... He, he don't really bang with you like that. <laughs> this is like a union buster. Like, when the, like a scab finding out that his boss doesn't actually care about him. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, dude, like, like I said... You know, I, I try to be fair on this podcast. So, like, I, I understand Kobe's frustration because if it was anybody else, I, I'd oh. probably be, you know, I, I'd be defending them. But I don't really like Kobe, so I kind of don't care. But like, I, I he he's right in how he feels, but he also has to understand. Like, he needs to look in the mirror and under, like and get a beat on what went wrong. Self-reflect, and I'm not sure he can do that. Everything else is everything is always everybody else's fault. Like. Dude was upset that he never got paid for his, uh, like, Joey posted this. He was apparently upset that he never got paid for his, um, for his trip to Australia, his, his media appearance in Australia. The one where, you know, he got hit in the head by Verdum. <laughs> uh, with a boomerang. Um, like, that's also the same trip where he was just, caught, like... Where he was just calling for the F word over and over again on camera. Like, dude has no self awareness. Everybody likes to pretend, like, and he even thinks it's a gimmick, but it's not a gimmick. He's just a douchebag. And he, and like, he has, yeah, he just has no self awareness. That's like the point that Kamaru Usman's been doing with Kobe Covington's been doing, but more impressive. Because he also beat Maya, and it didn't look like shit. 
And he also beat RDA and did not look like, you know, right. crap. But went on the Woodley in the press conference, had a good showing, <laughs> got people talking, and now he's uh, he's the man. Um, yeah, he's going to fight Woodley, and Kobe Covington's probably behind Ben Askren if he beats Robbie Lawler. Yep. For being real, because, like, if Usman wins, like, they, they Ben Askren's already built in the narrative. He's yeah. Marty from Nebraska or whatever, whatever, like. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> I, I I don't freaking like. Yeah, but you know what? I'll give Ben Askren props. He's done a good job of of keeping his name in a headline. Um, it's weird, but it's you know. Can't wait till they actually have to watch him fight. <laughs> and it's just him hanging out to Robbie Lawler along the fence for three rounds. <laughs> and fun. then they, and we realize what we traded DJ for. Yeah, he traded the best fighter of all time, one of the best fighters of all time, for a 35-year-old wrestler. Yeah. But, uh, oh, and then Kobe uh, also threatened that he may never fight again. So, cry, cry. I mean, threatened me with a good time. Like, right. <laughs> you know. Take my joy from me, why don't you? Yeah, no no love loss. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good time, and uh, I don't know where where you'll go. What the hell? Like, what could Kobe Covington do as like an actual job? Like, hmm. where, where people would actually like welcome him onto their team? Like, he'd be like a shady. I see him being like a shady pyramid schemer. See, I don't think he's that smart. I, 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 he's, like, he doesn't seem like a good salesman. Like, Ally Aquinta at least, like, has the, like, he, like he's a fun dude. Like, he, like, he just seems like he's a riot to be around, you know? Yeah. Kobe Covington seems draining. Yeah, after about three minutes with Kobe, you're, you're, you're looking for an exit. He, he is, <laughs> like, it's like hanging around like a, uh, like a 16-year-old jock. Like maybe Kobe he... would have done great as like one of those really bad like nineteen nineties, nineteen eighties, like teenage kung fu karate villains. <laughs> like <laughs> he, he he definitely could have been like a bad guy in three ninjas kickback or something like that. <laughs> He's got the douche look, but like he can actually fight a little bit, so like you kinda you have to like somewhat take him seriously. Right. Ah, uh, but his era passed him. Oh, you he missed that wave, buddy. Could have, could could have got on that. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll well, I ain't gonna say we'll see what happens with Kobe because we're probably not gonna hear from him for a while. I mean, we're gonna hear from him. He still has a Twitter account. No, no, like, no, I blocked him. Yeah. <laughs> I blocked him. So I I will not be hearing anything. Yeah, all you people who like and like re uh, uh, retweet freaking Kobe Covington's tweets, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, Stop. I blocked. Him. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like those people who retweet the girl who like walks around the, um her campus with like a fucking machine gun. Like, what's right. wrong with you? Yeah, do better. There are way more people you could be liking and retweeting. Like Ray Borg just tweeted about how he adopted his niece and was taking her to a father son dance. Like, come on, or father daughter dance, my bad. But like, go retweet that. Yeah, let's talk about Ray Borg being great. Stand up, dude. Get your, get your quality of followers up, or people you follow. But, 
that's uh i just wanted to briefly touch on that real quick um so to lou kobe <laughs> but, um, moving on uh before we get to ufc 234 um there were a few other fights uh worth of mention that went down this weekend um so starting off uh i will quickly run through uh a bellator card that happened on the 9th which i didn't realize was a thing until like earlier that day i just kind of forgot about it <laughs> but um Bellator Newcastle went down in England, uh, headlined by Patricky Pitbull and Ryan Scope. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to pardon my memory on this fight or on these fights because I only watched them once, did not rewatch them. So I'm going by very broken uh, old man memory. I'll just quickly run through the main card because um, I can't talk about any of the prelims because, for one, there were too many of them. Um, a lot of finishes, though, but I didn't watch any of the prelims, really, so I can't comment. But. Uh, Patricky Pitbull uh, versus Ryan Scope was the main event. Um, it actually was a pretty fun fight. Uh, Ryan Scope made it pretty competitive. Um, to be honest, you could even argue that Ryan Scope might have won. Um, I think Patricky, if I read, said he broke his hand in this fight in one of the rounds. Um, but it was very competitive. Like Patricky didn't just run through him like we've seen Patricky just knock out a couple people. He caught him with. He did catch him with some good shots, um, but. Scope fired back. He did good in the second and third. Um, and like I said, you could argue that Scope may have actually won that fight. Um, I thought they were going to give it to him, but Patricky uh, ended up getting the nod. So uh, shout out to Patricky. But I, I think Ron Scope, I think his stock probably raises from that fight because I think he did probably better than people thought he would. Um, so shout out to both of those gentlemen. That was a pretty entertaining main event. So you guys can go back and watch that. Uh, the co-main event. Corey Browning versus Aaron Chalmers. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I made the anti-cool watch this fight. Yeah. Um, it, it's not a good fight. No. Um, no. It's, um, it's not. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Boy, uh, all I can say about this fight is a fight IQ is a, a very important thing. Um, Can we explain who Aaron Chalmers is and why he's headlining a, a Bellator card? Oh, yeah. So, so uh, uh, Aaron Chalmers, for those who don't know, I mean, he's been on a couple Bellator uh, I think he's been on, he's on another Bellator card, right? I, I, he's like 4-0, oh, so I assume he's been on like a few. Yeah, he's been on a few a, a few cards. Um, Aaron Chalmers is a, or was a, reality TV star. Uh, what, what was that show called? G Gordy Shore? Jordy Shore. G which, Jordy Shore. Which I'm assuming is just Jersey Shore, but in some place called Jordy. Yeah. So he he was, you know... And he was uh, also on X on the Beach. I, I, don't, I don't know I, what that is. I, I'm assuming it's about a show about exes on beaches. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, Aaron, Aaron Chalmers, yeah, reality star, got, got into MMA... Um, so so basically, it's just like Logan Paul and you know Jake Paul fighting in a boxing ring, except Bellator put it on TV in the UK. Yeah, and made it a co-main event. Yep. Uh, who's Judy uh, Browning? Uh, all I remember Corey Browning from is that he beat Baby Slice. But uh, I know I've heard of him before then. Wax but, sauce. Yeah, he he beat Baby Slice. Um, his fight against Chalmers. Ch <laughs> Chalmers actually caught him with a lot of good shots in this fight. Um, but Chalmers did a very terrible thing in which 
he thought he had a walk-off KO, so, like, he dropped Browning and then tried to proceed to give himself his own highlight reel and just, like, walk away. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like, he walked <laughs> away, like, oh, oh, it's the end of the round. He didn't walk away, like, I knocked him out like Jimmy Crute did. Like, it, it was like, the, it was like, oh, my God, it's finally over. It was like a sigh of relief, more than anything. Right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, bro, he, he's, uh, he's actually still alive. You gotta go back. <laughs> but, um... Fight IQ goes both ways uh, because uh, Corey Browning had a terrible just. <laughs> so there's a point in the fight. Browning has top control. He's landing some very um, interesting ground and pound. I'll, I'll say as much. Um, it didn't look very threatening, but he was landing a lot of shots and he had Chalmers in a bad spot regardless. And I thought, like, all you needed to do was just keep this position, and you might end up getting a stoppage, as funny as your ground-and-pound kind of looks. And if you guys, when you guys watch the fight, if you choose to watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about. His ground-and-pound just looked really funny to me. But, albeit, like, he had Chalmers in a bad spot. But what does he do? Let me, let me give up my bad spot and go for an armbar, and then not get it. And now Chalmers is on top of me. Um, but, in the end, Corey Browning won via heel hook. Um... Yeah, th this fight looked like uh, a manager at Target versus, like, the new hire. <laughs> like, the new hire almost won. <laughs> the manager had been there for, like, two more years. So See, you, say, to... you say Target, I say, like, Hot Topic. Mm, yeah, that's better. That's better. Yeah, because of the tattoos. And, yeah, <laughs> Hot Topic. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, Eric, like, Eric Chalmers is the one with the MMA tattoos? Because this man is just tatted from chin to, like, leg. His neck, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Like, not even his neck, like, his actual chin. Like, he, like the under part of his chin is just all tatted. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, the, the 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 hot topic manager, uh, <laughs> Corey Browning took out uh took out Aaron Chalmers. So, Corey Browning is uh the guy who I guess fights all of the Bellator, um, what you want to call them prospects or freaks. I don't want to call baby slice a freak. I uh, like, hmm. I li I like baby slice. Like he's he's obviously very 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 raw, but I don't like. I don't get like a gimmick. Like, from like him. okay, so let's call them like not prospects because I, yeah, I, I'm reluctant to call Kimball's Slice Junior prospect, but yeah, that's, the that's new guys with that. names. There we go. Yeah, like, for lack of better term. Yeah. yeah, like the name value people. Yeah. So Corey, Corey Browning apparently his job is to go in and, and stop all those guys. He's like, is Corey? Like, you think they wanted Corey Ryan to lose? They had to. But then I don't know though because you you throw Corey in there and you gotta know that he has way more experience than than Chalmers does. Right. But what's wild is like this was actually a winnable fight for Chalmers still. Like he could have won this fight. He just clearly there were just areas that Corey was just better at than he was. Um, but that 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 fight was a thing that happened. I was entertained, not in a good way. It was just like funny to me at how like. You watch the fight, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's, uh, it's not pretty. Yeah, it's not pretty. It's, it's not pretty. It's one of the. It's one of them Bellator fights. It's, it's one of them. Um, but moving on, <laughs> Chris Bungard uh, defeated Terry Brazier via rear naked choke. 
Uh, from what I understand, I think Brazier was actually a heavy favorite in this, if I remember. Um, I think he was a champ in some other organization, but I can't remember. Um, but because I feel like the Bungard when he won, like it was kind of a surprise. Um, but I think I think Bungard trains with Connor. I want to say they mentioned Connor's name while he was in there, so I'm, I think he does train with Connor. But anywho, uh, he won via rear naked choke. And the last fight we'll mention, rounding out that main card, uh, was Fabian Edwards, uh, brother of Leon Edwards, uh, went against Lee Chadwick. Uh, it was a good showing for Edwards. I think it was the first time he actually had to go all three rounds. Um, he won the fight pretty decisively, but I think it was good to see that he, Chadwick was just like kind of one of those tough guys that wasn't willing to go away really easy just because you hit him kind of hard. Um, so, you know, Ed Edwards had to, had to really work to get his win. Um, you know, He's a, he's definitely a good talent um, for somebody who I think was only like 5-0 and or 6-0. and And I think he only started training MMA, they said, at like 22. And he's only like 25, 26 now. Um, so for somebody who hasn't been training that long, he looks like pretty comfortable in the cage. But obviously there are, you know, still areas he definitely needs to improve on and get better at. But for somebody who hasn't been training in MMA for that long, um, he looked pretty good. And with Leon Edwards as your brother, that can only help, you know, it's a lot of knowledge and things that he can probably pass on to you. Um, so not, not, not bad to have Leon in your corner. Um, but shout out to Fabian Edwards. Or uh, could be potentially in the future somebody um, in Bellator's middleweight division who might be, you know, worth keeping an eye out for. Um, so that was Bellator Newcastle. Um, I don't know if they're, I guess they're going to put those sites on the, on the website because the, the actually the fight, was shown on the app yeah yeah so I, I don't know if they put it i didn't i didn't look today um but I, I don't know if those fights are on the website but if they are um at, at least watch the fabian edwards fight and watch the patricky ron scope fight the, both of those fights were pretty good um watch cory browning and aaron chalmers at your own risk <laughs> but, uh, uh so that that was bellator newcastle uh moving on real quick um, there were also some boxing happenings going on this weekend. Um, <clears throat> Javante Davis uh, fought Hugo Ruiz. Um, I live in Maryland, so I hear Javante Davis's name a lot. He's, you know, hometown kid over here. Um, interesting story about this fight. Uh, Javante Davis actually, uh, at the weigh-ins initially, was like 0.2 pounds overweight. Uh, had half an hour to make. Uh, the weight limit ended up making it, so title fight uh stayed on i only got a chance to saw the replay of the fight because by the time the fight started um when i went to click over to showtime it was over yeah um, <laughs> found out it was over because davis got him out of there in the first round uh and from what i'm gonna guess on the highlights i saw he pretty much blasted him um, yeah no uh... That was supposed to be Abner Mara's in there, but he pulled out like ten days ago. Talking about uh, you know late late replacements and fights falling through. Um, <clears throat> I, I think the the, the I, I don't know. If, uh, I, I guess the, the narrative is like Javante wants to fight three times this year, which is good and rare for like the top fighters in um, in boxing. Um, dude's only like what twenty two years old, if that. Like, dude, dude's healthy. He should be fighting as often as possible, and he seems to draw out the stars because like they had like 
like Drake and Lil Wayne and Odell Beckham Jr. and like all the like you know yeah a bunch of big celebrities out there. So dude's becoming a star. Like he he must be the next big star in boxing. See how it goes. Um. Yeah. Uh. My. My fear for him, because like like I said, he he's he's a hometown kid, so I, I kind of hear about him a lot here. Um, I'm I'm afraid. I don't even want to put this in the atmosphere. I don't want him to be one of those guys who has like this ton of talent, but ends up ruining it because he can't like keep it control outside of the cage. You mean like an Adrian Burner? Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think he'll be that bad. Um, oh yeah, like that. That's always what the thing with like, Um. Some oh God, a couple of years ago, somebody wrote a great article about like uh, Floyd's relationship with Tank. It was talking about how Floyd was like, you know, fronting him money at the beginning of his career when he signed him, or not? Yeah, like around the time he signed him, like got, bought him like a hundred thousand dollar Hummer, like gave him money to move his mom out the projects and everything like that. And he just took the money and like bought a whole bunch of chains and shit. Yeah, because yeah. like he was out here still running with like his crew, like his. Fr- and everything like his mom was still living in the ghetto like like and you know he wasn't making millions and millions of dollars but he was still making good money because Floyd was just fronting him the money yeah like he was supposed to go train with Floyd out in Vegas for um shit what was the fight it was the fight I want to say it was the fight before he fought for the title hold up let me just look it up real quick because right here um I want to say he was supposed to go out with Floyd to go uh, train for Mario Antonio or it was for Pedraza or it was one of the two he, he was supposed to go out with Floyd to Vegas he was like nah fuck that I'm gonna stay in Baltimore cause I wanna be around my friends and you know drive my new fucking Hummer yeah. and like I don't like, it's one of those fights where like his performance suffered or something like that and um, and I think, and, and it's, it's not, to be expected, man. He's like twenty. Yeah, and I was gonna say, this, and this might not mean really but, much like, to you, anybody you, who who isn't from here. I, I want to say he's from. I think he's from West Baltimore. I want to say. That but sounds right. E- either way, like I, I grew up a, a pretty big portion of my life in East Baltimore. I'm, I'm not really out west that often, but like I know about out west and. It's, it's not a place, <laughs> if you got that kind of money, you don't want to run with that kind of crowd. It's kind of one of those kind of stories. Um, and then sometimes I also wonder, like, how he takes care of himself. Not even, not uh, just that lifestyle aside. Um, just in terms of, like, keeping himself in shape between fights. Because I've seen pictures of him, like, when he's not active, when he's not in a training camp. And it's not a puzzle to me why he sometimes seems to have trouble making weight. Because it looked like when he's not fighting, he he doesn't really he blows up a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's a big reason why him fighting three times is benefit him. Yeah, because um, yeah, he 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 seems like one of those guys at least. Probably, and you know, he's really young. You, you want to hope that you know as he gets a little older, he'll mature more. But he might be one of those guys that kind of. He needs that activity just to keep him like out of trouble and really like keep him focused because it seems like when he doesn't have anything to do, if he's not in the limelight, if he doesn't have a fight coming up, 
then he's just he's just kind of out here, and he's not really. And you that for a twenty-four-year-old who is coming into money for the first time. Yeah. But um, either way, he got the W uh, in round one, so hopefully we will get to see him fight multiple times this year. Um, also on that same card, uh, Mario Barrios uh, stopped Richard Zamora uh, in the first round. Sorry, not first, in the fourth round uh, by knockout. And Javier Fortuna won a decision over Sharif uh, Bogier. if I'm saying that correct. So that was uh, right. a and, boxing card. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. You, you missed one. You okay, missed one er- Erickson Luba, Lubin. Just beating the ever living shit out of Ishe Smith. No. <laughs> so, that was a thing that happened. And probably didn't need to happen. But it did. Huh. See, sportingnews.com didn't tell me that happened. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I, I feel bad. I've been hard on Ishe Because he is just a remarkably boring fighter. But, um. Dude's overcome some hardship in his life, but he's a 40-year-old man. There is no reason he should have been there with a 23-year-old the size of Erickson Luba. Lubin. I don't know why I keep calling Luba. Lubin. Um, so they, they sent him in to get slaughtered. Yeah. No, like, Lubin's been rebuilding his career since what Jermel did to him. And, uh, it, it's, he's in the right direction, I guess. He's won two fights by knockout since then. And um, Smith's quarter, I think, quit in this one. So, and the uh, last boxing fight. Well, I'll, I'll let you handle this narrative because you know a lot uh, about about it more than I do. Uh, the uh, Andrew Concio and uh, Alberto Machado fight. Yes. So, um, if you haven't paying t- attention to boxing so uh, for the past like couple months, it's been a lot of upsets. Like not upsets over dudes like. You know, Vasilio Machenko or Terrence Crawford, you know, none at that level. But, like, there there have been some really big ones from, like, some really, over some really good, like, B plus, A minus level talent. So you've got, like, Jorge, uh, Jorge Linares, who, you know, fought a tough fight against Vasilio Machenko uh, last year, who got knocked out in the first round by a journeyman named Paulo Cesar Cano. Um,. Like, when was this? This was last month. Um, he also had Jermel Charla, who lost the decision to Tony Harrison um, back in December. Uh, you have Caleb Plant, um, who took a, a, a decision win over uh, Jose Luzcaque uh, um, back in January. Um, all big upsets. Probably none bigger than the one that happened last night, which was... Um, Andrew Concio, a leak surveyor for a gas company. Um, that's his full time nine to five. Probably more than that. He probably works more than eight hours because like those type of jobs, you tend to be on the site for like ten to twelve. Um, he he took the WBA World Super Featherweight title off of Alberto Machado um, last night on the Zone. In what was a, what was he, a plus? He was almost a plus 1,000 underdog. I, I I don't, I'm not totally familiar with every, you know, 
all the odds ever set out there, but like, I don't think I've ever heard that number. Because I know for a fact that like the biggest money underdog in MMA was like plus seven something. It was like Eddie Wineland getting knocked out by Jose Aldo's um, Muay Thai coach, Johnny Eduardo. Uh. But Cancillo went out there and just, uh, like, he got knocked down in the first round, but just refused to go away, stayed in Machado's face, just kept ripping him to the body, and then dropped him three times in the fourth round on body shots. So, huge shout-out to Andrew Cancillo, um, a dude who probably nobody thought of, much less thought, would win a world title. Um... But here he is at 30 years old doing the damn thing. Like, like, I, I, I think this might be upset of the year. Just on odds alone, like. No, so yeah, if you were a, a, a plus, <laughs> is that like 1,500? 900 plus. Oh, yeah, yeah. That means they thought you were going to die in like the first Oh, one. yeah, no, people thought this was a mismatch. <laughs> Yeah, that means you were supposed to get cleaned up. Like, like they they sent they, it was a setup basically. They sent you in there to get to be a part of a highlight reel, but not on the good side. Yeah, like and for those that don't know, um, Alberto Alberto Machado, um, probably most famous for knocking out Jezreel Corrales, who was the dude who took the uh, who took the WBA uh, featherweight title off of uh, Takashi Uchiyama by knocking him out um, back in 2016. Um, for those who Uchiyama was, he's like he was, the, he he reigned over that division. He held the WBA title for like six years or something like that, like just a ridiculously long time. Um, so like you know Machado was riding off of that win, and yeah, a couple other ones like Rafael Mensa, um, you know, some solid wins in there. But this was seen as a mismatch, and Cancio just win there, fucking. Dogged him. So, yeah. So, Props. there you go. Lots of fights you guys can go back and watch if you didn't check them out between MMA and boxing. So, go back and uh, go peep all the aforementioned uh, fights that we talked about. So, moving on to the main event of the evening UFC 234, a card that had plenty of. Uh, <laughs> Storylines and then all kinds of craziness. Um, None of the storylines were good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going um, into it anyway, maybe coming out of it, but um, yeah. For, yeah, I, there's no way none of, there's no way any of you don't know this, but you should probably mention what the main event of this card was supposed to be. Yeah, so we were supposed to be treated uh, to Robert Whitaker defending his middleweight title uh, against Kelvin Gastelum. I was pretty hyped for this fight. I was really interested to see how these two would match up. Um, but, as the MMA gods would have it, they giveth, then they taketh, and they taketh, and they just kind of keep taking. Um, so they took that fight away from us. Uh, Robert Whitaker, I want to say the day before, they said he had a hernia. No, it was his... three hours before the card started. Oh, Lord. Oh, all right. <laughs> he had a, a hernia in his uh, in his abdomen. Um <clears throat> And this is a quick side note. Like, hernia was always one of those injuries that I, like, heard about for a long time. And I never actually, like, knew what it was. So I went and looked it up. And I saw a picture of it. And, ooh, 
Yeah, like, Robert Whittaker's, like, 27? Like, why is he getting hernias? Yeah, that... Well, alright, alright, so this is, um... This is me... Paraphrasing something I saw on Twitter. Um, I don't remember who it was from, so I don't know how uh, accurate it is, but it, it, I guess it kind of made sense, um, assuming they were right. But So apparently, like, there are different kinds of hernias, um, and I guess some of them can be caused by, like, a lot of physical stress, I guess. I, I guess. I, I might be, like, misinterpreting what he said, but it, it seemed like that's what he was alluding to. Well, yeah, like, you get a, like, a... Like, you see, you, you hear stories like old people getting hernias trying to lift heavy things, like... Yeah. So, I'm, I'm wondering maybe if it was a thing that he, um, maybe pushed himself too hard. And then I also heard, like, one of the kind of hernias you can get, um, they said... I can't remember what, exactly what it was called, but some of them, they said, um, like, some days it's bearable. Like, you can... You'll be okay. And then other days there are things that can like irritate it or make it worse and you'll just be in pain like all day and it'll just be kind of a terrible thing um yeah so that's all a lot of people saying like oh um you know why'd he pull out at the last second you had to know that you had this and from the little bit of mini google research that i saw like it seemed like it's possible that you can have this and still be able to function but then there are some days that you might wake up and it's like oh snap like this is really, really bad. I need to, you know, I need to go to a hospital. Yeah. Um, um, so, like, I, well, I have a statement, the statement from his team right here, if you want me to read it out real quick. There we go, yeah. Uh, on behalf of Rob, we would like to update the fans on his condition. Last night at roughly 9 p.m., Rob began experiencing intense abdominal pain, uh, pains that were brought to the attention of the UFC doctors. After several hours of observation, he was admitted to the hospital at 3 a.m., Rob is just out of dual surgery for a twisted, collapsed bowel in addition to an internal hernia in the, of the intestine and will be recovering in the hospital for a few days. Rob will want to speak to his fans directly when he can. Rob is devastated that today's fight will not go, uh, will not go ahead. Up until five minutes before going to surgery, Rob was insisting that he would fight. But advice was that a blow to his stomach could be fatal. Rob will come back stronger and ready for what is to come. Thanks to the UFC, Kelvin, and his team for your professionalism. This was posted about... This is 10 hours ago, but I had it up on my thing. This was posted about 4 a.m. Eastern Time. And I mean, just... And not not stay on this too long, but like, for anybody who... <laughs> I don't know why people do this, but it's, it's the internet. It's, it's what people do. For, for anybody who thought like he was ducking or, oh, he was scared, like, come on, bro, Man fought Yoel Romero twice. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like that doesn't even make any sense. Like, there's, there's no Robert Whitaker ducking anybody. Just absolutely makes zero. This it doesn't make sense. He probably should have ducked Yoel Romero because th that's probably where all this stems from. Right. <laughs> I, I would I would duck Yoel Romero. And uh, another side note about about this fight. You know, I'm really I, I'm not gonna say I'm glad this fight didn't happen. Like, I, I hope. Whitaker's all right. Like I hope he recovers from this well, because that seems like a pretty like that. That just seems like a lot to deal with. But um, I don't know if you guys saw Kelvin Gastelum, but he was running around here with the plague on his lip, and they were just about to let him fight. Like this was okay. And I, I'm wondering, like, am I the only one who was kind of disturbed that 
like let, let's just say hypothetically speaking this hernia thing doesn't happen and the fight just kind of goes along um and, and robert whitaker goes to punch kelvin gassum in the face and one of those little things on his face like explodes and oh god why why was he fighting with like ringworm and the plague and, and staff and, yeah, like, like, why are fighters getting cleared to fight with staff? Yeah, this this, this, this is, is a the problem. Flesh eating disease. Yeah, like, there, there's no way that that's safe. Like, who, who, like, well, somebody, Kevin Lee fought with staff against um, freaking Tony Ferguson. Uh, Tony, yeah, but there is definitely somebody else who's fought with staff, like who fought with staff like last year. There's been a couple though. There's, there's, and I think what just made his so bad was like, it like, you could literally see it like it was on like his chin, his lip, his his, the back of his it was, neck. Yeah, it, it oh looked my God. nasty. Like it looked really, that looked dirty, and it just, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was disgusting. Like, you can't, you can't fight with that. Like, there's no way I'm jabbing you in the face and you got that on your lip. Like, I'm good. I'm good on that. Um, so I, I think this fight <laughs> getting canceled might have, might have like low key been, you know, a good thing, in in a, in a wild kind of way. Give Gaslam time to get that off his face. Go take a shower. God. Damn. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like I don't know how you got that, um. But yeah, I. Hopefully this fight gets rebooked, and between now and then, you can go get that whole little situation on your chin. Go get some uh, like what is it called defense soap? Yeah, something, something, some, some tiger bomb. Scrub a dub dub away. Um, oh, get get to get that all fixed up, and ho- hopefully we'll have Whitaker. Uh, patched up and good. Well, um, the doctor said four to six weeks, but Matt Damon told. Uh, Dana White, that it takes way longer. And, yeah, Matt Damon was a doctor in Interstellar or something. So, and he was in like four Bourne movies. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe Matt Damon knows what he's talking about. Uh, I don't know. But um, no, nah, man, just like best of luck to Whitaker, man. Uh, speedy, well wishes, man. Speedy recovery, because that that that's got to be devastating just to to go through that. And for Gaslam, uh, like, I'm a Gaslam fan, so I say this from a place of care. Bro, go get that checked out. Like, go, go. Like, how was he cleared to medically fight? Right. Like, did everybody just, like, ignore the elephant in the room? Like, you know, we see that on his lip, but we just kind of, you know. But the UFC signs our paycheck, so here we are. Lord. But, anywho, so that that fight didn't happen. Um, Um, Just real quick, I just want to point out, um... Freaking the, the 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 part about their statement where they were like, yeah, if Robert Whitaker had got punched in the stomach today, he might have died. Um, and the fact that Whitaker was going to, in Whitaker's mind, he was still going to fight like until five minutes before cart uh, until he had to go into surgery. Like, dude, this tough as shit. Yeah, he's he's if, if there's a true Iron Man of the sport. He's 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 one of the poster childs. Um but yeah, so main event got cancelled. So we were treated to a new main event. Co main was promoted 
And our new main event for UFC 234 was Israel Adesanya versus Anderson Silva. Um, man, I have so many just emotions and, and things <laughs> about this fight. Um, like, originally when this fight was announced some months back, um, I wasn't really happy about it. I was kind of like, man, like, why are we doing this? I don't want to see Anderson go through this. And I gotta say, like, the week of this fight, the more and more I went back, you know, I watched a lot of their fights. Um, I watched both of their fights against Derek Brunson since that was, like, the one common opponent they both had. And, like, I started to feel better a little bit. Not that I thought Anderson would win, but I was like, I feel like he's he's not gonna get steamrolled, I think, as, people, as, as much as people think he will. Um... Because Adesanya is not a one-hit knockout kind of guy. It's more of I pick my spots and it's like accumulative damage. Um, and Anderson, for, you know, yeah, he's lost a step. Not as fast. Um, reaction time isn't as is, is sharp as it used to be. But the man's still witty. He's still crafty. He's still Anderson at the end of the day. And it's not like Adesanya is some crazy brawler. So I was like, this could just be one of those fun technical fights that just kind of goes three rounds and we just get, you know, we'll, we'll get a lot of feints, a lot of little, little, you know, baiting mo movements and we'll just have moments of explosion and, you know, whoever has more moments will just win. And that's kind of sort of what this fight <laughs> ended up being. Um, the first round had me worried because Adesanya did, Start off pretty hot. He caught Silva with a lot of good shots in the first. He gave him a slight buckle of the knees. With, I can't remember if that was a right or a left that he landed. Um, yeah, he, he gave he gave Silva all he could handle in that first round. Um, so I was a little wee bit nervous. But in the second round, I thought Anderson rebounded pretty well. Um, I think Anderson's problem, and we've seen it in a couple of fights, he's not like the most active at times right um he a lot of times like just kind of relies on countering and he'll try to feign his way in and get shots in when he can but he's not you know he's not out here blitzing guys he doesn't always really put on a ton of pressure um but he was still actually able to catch israel with some good shots um because I, I was talking to somebody on twitter who had commented under one of my posts about um you know, after the fight, I, I gave Anderson really high praise because I thought it was just really impressive that at 42 or 43 years of age that he still was, like, hanging with Adesanya. And uh, the person who commented had said, uh, well, you know, he, he thought it was because Adesanya just gave him too much respect. Like, he didn't think Adesanya fought Silver the way he fights everybody else. And I chose to look at it like, well, I, I, to me, that speaks to Anderson's skill set that even at 43... You still can't just go in there just wilding out and just trying to, you know. He can still catch you. And he caught Adesanya with, a, you know, not anything too serious, but he gave him a couple of good counters to let Adesanya know, like, you're not just going to toy with me and, you know, you're not about to put me on a highlight reel. You're going to have to work for this. Um, so this fight for me, it was a really fun three-round just kind of technical. It was a really... To, to, to steal words from Joey, <laughs> well, one, one of you guys posted this. The fight was tense. Like that was me. How, oh, how okay, dare right. you? Oh, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Sorry, Joey, that wasn't you. <laughs> but 
I thought that was a good word to describe this fight. Because, like, the entire time, they're all, they're both doing, like, these just little movements, these feints. And, like, they're similar, but they're, they're different, in a way, um, in the way that they fight. They're both flashy. They both are, are showmen to the utmost, which I love that we got in that. This, this fight gave me everything I really loved about both fighters. Like, you got the showmanship. You got the flashiness. You got some good strikes, albeit nobody got like super rocked or like almost died or anything. Right. But it was a really fun technical fight, and it looked like they both were enjoying themselves. And like I said, Anderson landed some good counters. Um, he worried me when he would like he he would land a couple of good shots, and then he would just kind of proceed to just kind of chase Adesanya, which I was. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Like. The, that was the one part of the fight where I'm like, okay, if I, because uh, my prediction back when they made the fight was Adesanya would kind of just snipe on Silva, and that would build over three rounds. Um, like I, I, don't, I didn't think he would knock him out because Adesanya doesn't hit that hard. It, like he only really finishes you when you get wild. So when he st- when Silva started just like coming forward and like spamming one twos, like I, I really thought, okay, this is where Adesanya is going to turn a corner. You know, pull the, the pull the rug out from underneath him, just drop him with something. But now, nah, he he was just straight up in retreat mode. Yeah, cause it it seemed like he had some openings. So Silva did have a couple of like reckless uh, moments of doing that. Um, but not like you said, Adesanya is not like a knockout kind of guy. Um, I thought Anderson did a good job of when they were in the clinch, able to slow the fight down. You know, landed some good shots, but also on, on the reverse. <laughs> Anderson always has these moments where he just leaves his hand down, voluntarily eats a three-piece, <laughs> just, you know, tries to keep going forward. Um, well, I don't say try, he, he did. He pretty much did eat a three-piece. Um, yeah. But no, nah, Adesanya, just, I think he won just because he was the busier guy. Um, Silva, as we've seen before, sometimes will spend too long just kind of sitting out on the wing, kind of time a good counter, um, and not always being as assertive as he should be because i felt like in the moments where he was assertive he did a good job minus him kind of chasing which could have led to him getting flatlined i mean but even then he was still like landing though yeah yeah like like i said like you said he did he put adesanya in retreat mode a couple of times where he would land a one two adesanya would back up he would chase him around and you know they'd have like a little little cat and mouse moment but not it was a really fun technical fight like I said, everything I loved about both fighters I got to saw. You got the showmanship. You got the action. You saw that Anderson Silva, still at 43 years of age, can still hang with some of the, the newer generation with the top guys and not get like completely obliterated. So while it wasn't an Anderson win, um, circumstances considering and the fact that he's 43 years old, I'll take this. Because everybody else who stood in front of Adesanya pretty much got sniped and put away. And he stood in front of him and made it a really competitive fight. Um, and it was great to see at the very end, you know, heart heartfelt moment. I don't know if you caught it, like when the fight was over and they were hugging. And he told Adesanya, like, you're the best, you're the man. I passed, I don't know if he said, like, I passed the baton or he said, I passed something down to you. But, like, basically acknowledging, like, all right, you, you got next. Right. I thought that was a really, really, really awesome heartfelt moment. Um, but no, th- this fight left me in a good, I was in a good mood after this. I, I thought originally that I was going to be crying in tears because I because Silva would like lose in a terrible fashion, but this was like a weird feel good moment. Like it, it, 
I felt like everybody won. No matter who you were rooting for, you felt good after this fight was over. Yeah. Um, this is way better than, like, if this had been, like, this uh, the same thing as a Gage Rodriguez going out there and murdering BJ Penn. Like, Anderson... And, and I feel like we, we should have known this. Like, I feel like people are... Um, like, and this is hindsight... I, I think we've questioned Anderson Silva's durability a bit too much. Like, the, the Weidman knockout <coughs> um, stems from basically just Silva not having his feet underneath him when he got knocked out. And then, like, the the, the Bisbing knock, uh, knockdowns came because Bisbing is, like, the volume puncher at middleweight. He will throw, like, five, six-punch combinations, and he will overload somebody like Silva, like... Adesanya has never been that. He he is a sniper. He he is like that's where the the Anderson Silva comparisons come in. Like he's a sniper. He's going to fight like he fights at a kickboxer's face. Like if you've ever watched a glory card or one of these like European kickboxing shows where the guys who fight on the card have to fight like six to seven times a year to make money. They don't go ham. Like they, well, not all of them. Some are like Robin Van Roosmal, and you just refuse to freaking back down. <laughs> but like, th- there's a lot of like um, bleed over from like the Muay Thai style, which is just like you know, you warm up in the first round, you you kind of put your pedal to the metal in the second round, and if you're losing or if you're winning, like the third round is just like you know, make it to the end because you have to fight again in like three weeks. Right. Like, and Adesanya really does have that. Like, you saw it in the Brad Tavares fight and a little bit in the Marvin Vittori fight. Um, Marvin Vittori. Um, like, he, he's not a guy who's just going to put it on you. And if he does end up putting it on you, it's because you put it on yourself trying to rush him, like Brent, uh, that Brunson did. Um, and I think the thing we all overlooked is that's the exact type of fight Anderson Silva wants. He wants somebody who he can go exchange for exchange for but not have to fight at this crazy breakneck pace that that somebody like Michael Bisping would give him. Alright. So you know, we, we end up see we end up got see that. Yeah, Silva's not as fast as he used to be, but he still has all, he still has all the skills. He can still parry and you know uh move his head with the best of them. He's still out there. Um like what was his last fight? It was the it was the um it was the fight where he hurt he hurt Daniel Cormier on like a week's notice or something. Yeah. Or not even it was just, it was a couple days. Like, yeah, Silva is still a very skilled fighter, and I know there was a lot of talk about him being like forty three, but he's forty three with a, a skill set that. And people say he relies a lot on his reflexes and his speed, and it does, but, like, I mean, he's a middleweight. Like, Dan Henderson was still fast enough for middleweight. He's, like, 40, he's, like, 48 or whatever. Um, who else? Like, there are people finding, probably there's people finding success at 40 and plus in the UFC at 185 and over. Your Hendersons, your and it's not really fair, but like your El Romero, um, you know, half the heavyweight division, 
Um, they give you like, um, like half like OSP is like a thirty something year old, like in his late thirties, and he's still one of the top fifteen like heavyweights on the planet. Like, like, and, and Silva's for all the talk about him being suspended. Silva's coming off like a two year vacation. Like that's good for your brain, good for your chin. So, right. Like, and well, you kind of said it too. Like it's it's hindsight, but. Even in the fights that Anderson lost, I mean, outside of like the Wideman, um, and I guess the Cormier fight ended up kind of being a little, a little one-sided. But it's not like he's been out here getting completely washed. Yeah, no. Like, like all right, I'll, I'll give you the Wideman knockout. All right, he got floored, and then he broke his leg. But outside of that, these other fights weren't as well. Even the Cormier fight where he 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 lost. I think he lost every round. He didn't do it. He didn't get dealt a ton of damage, really. Like. He left that fight pretty, you know, he obviously didn't win, but it's not like he was out here getting starched. Yeah. And Matt, regardless if you thought he won the Brunson fight or not, that was a close fight still. Like, it wasn't like Brunson went out there and just really poured it on. Hell, dude, like you the know? Michael Bisping fight, he almost won. He almost knocked Bisping right. out. Like, yeah. And it was like, it was like a 3-2 fight on the cards, like. Yeah, so it's not like he's been, you know, he's 42 years old and he's just been out here getting knocked out every fight. Yeah, he, like, he he's so. still out here competing. Yeah. The only difference is, is like, and here's another thing to take into account. Is on the sign yet? Like, yeah, he's 16 and 0 now, but, like, he has one year of MMA experience. Like, real MMA experience. Like, this is a dude whose best win on the, wins on the regional circuit were, oh, I beat fat Melvin Gillard. <laughs> and... Uh, who is it? Um, Batman. Uh, Ivan. No, not Ivan. Crap. Um, shoot. The Brazilian dude. Who was also like a lightweight. Like, like one of this dude's wins is Kanan Song. Like, early in his career. So, like, Adesanya's still out here learning the sport. He he is still getting his bearings with fellow middleweights, so it does not surprise me that he struggles with somebody who finds success in the same type of fight as he does. All right, and I think we both mentioned it before when we we gave prediction like one of the podcasts. The one thing Anderson was gonna have going for himself in this fight was that he was he was gonna be in his element. Israel Adesanya is not going for any takedowns. <laughs> so Anderson's going to be completely comfortable on his feet in his element where he wants to be. Right. Um, but, you know, Adesanya just a bit faster, more active, um, still, like, really solid defensively um, aside from... He, know, he's he's from, there to be hit. If you can jab, like, yeah. you can jab with him. Like, Brad Tavares jabbed with him, and he... he, he he paid for it, but he was still able to land a, a, a decent enough clip that it was a noticeable flaw, I guess, in Adesanya's approach. Yeah. And, you know, the, besides Adesanya himself, Anderson Silva has the best jab at middleweight. And I guess Chris Weidman, but Chris Weidman, yeah. who, who knows what, who knows. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many jokes, but I. I don't even want to make fun of him. <laughs> uh, I, I ain't going to make fun of him. But, I mean, not nah, like, good, really great showing from both. Um, 
I think for Adesanya, actually, this is a really good thing because I think there's a lot of things he can take away from this fight and learn from. So I think he can get, like, a lot of times when you get the fight that you need to learn the hard lessons from, it's a fight that you lost. Right. And he he won the fight. But I think there's still things he can go back and look at this tape and be like, all right, if, you know, even though I won, I did X wrong, I did Y wrong, I might need to fix this because of, you know, had I been fighting somebody who might have been, like, a bit younger, a bit faster, you know, this could have went another way. Or I could have been put in more bad situations. Right, if, like, if that was Kelvin Gaslam or Robert Whitaker, like, I, I see ways for them to exploit Adesanya. Yeah, because if, if they would have had one of those moments where they could have, like, tagged them with a one-two and backed them up, and he doing that retreat mode, and they, you know, maybe instead of chasing, just kind of could have cut them off, oh, it, 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 could, it could get nasty. Or even just shoot for a takedown. Like, because we, right, we yeah, know Adesanya just doesn't have a ground game. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he, he, a, lot, he, a lot he can take from this fight. But still, like, a really good performance from him. You know, Adesanya just kind of continues to, to do what he does. And that's got to be awesome, having a fight like that against <laughs> Anderson Silva. Like, that's, that's just got to be a great feeling. Um, so, congrats to Adesanya. Pretty much this fight, as I saw it, was a proverbial, like, passing of the torch. So, I, I just think it, it was just a really good moment. Uh, it, it, it felt good. Um, and all the ways this fight could have went. This um, was the best. Outside of a, yeah, this this was the best. Outside of an Anderson win, this, this was probably the best way this could have went. So, I'll, I'll take it. Um, so, congrats to them for putting on a great main event. Um, yeah. In which they didn't know they would be a main event. Real quick, <laughs> so, I want to call out Don Cruz. For his um his jacare erasure, when he he's like, well he's a top three fighter now, Adesanya. Um, it's him, Gastelum, and um, you know Whitaker. And I'm like, wait, technically Chris Weidman still fights in this division, <laughs> and, and he beat Gastelum, and Jacare's still out here, and his resume is more impressive than Adesanya's. So. Put, put put respect on the alligator. Yeah, yeah, but great uh great main event. Um, what's really interesting is that you go from Adesanya to Silva to the rest of this card. Inter- <laughs> right, <laughs> you, you look at the rest of this card and you're like, what happened? But I will say before just quick before we move on, um, did I think this fight? Oh, not fight. Did did I think this card was pay per view worthy? Eh, no. probably not. But was I entertained the whole time I watched it? Yeah, pretty much. Like, sure, there weren't a ton of great names, um, but I was entertained throughout. Like, this card was a lot better than what I thought it would be. Um, I'm not saying I, 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 I would not shove out $60, $70 for this, but it was an entertaining card nonetheless. Um, I'm really curious what the, the numbers will do, um, pay-per-view-wise and, like, prelim-wise, because it was coming off that big Duke-Virginia game. Which I watched um, while it was happening. So, boy, Zion, <laughs> that Zion block. Yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> I don't mean to go off on a basketball side tangent, but uh, Zion, man, that that guy is um, he is freakishly athletic. Like, if somebody would have jumped at me, I'd have just gave him the ball. Like, we don't, you don't even need to block. Just take it. Like, I hate Duke. 
but like certain talents you just can't deny. So I like I just watch them because they just got a lot going on over there. Um, and UFC fans, y'all are gonna have to just get used to basketball leading in. Like you see, I'm I'm, I'm fine with this because it's like it's not a mid-season freaking baseball game well, that doesn't matter. Right. In like it, it's not like a, 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 a it's not May baseball. Yeah, it's not. That, it's not a college football game, but from like a teams that don't even have a ranking next to their name, like right. It, it, it's Wyoming. <laughs> it's a couple of the biggest, like the future biggest stars in the NBA, and like the two of the top three teams in the country. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you want that as a leading because if those people just leave that and don't change the channel, you know. yeah. Get, get 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 some bleed over. It's a good thing. Yeah, we're not getting preempted for a freaking dog show, so. Yeah, and just a side note, like we, I I feel like a lot of MMA fans come. I've re- I didn't realize this about a lot of MMA fans. They don't watch a lot of other sports. Like a lot of them just only watch MMA. Yeah. Which, nothing nothing wrong with. Well, that. like a lot of these dudes, uh, 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 those types come from specifically um, pro wrestling. Yeah. Pro wrestling, or you know, like I guess the uh, the new metal scene. And I mean, it's cool if you only watch MMA, but understand that if you we're on ESPN's platform, um, MMA is not going to be the biggest sport. Like ES, <laughs> college basketball is a huge money maker. There is more money in of... Zion Williamson for them than there is. Right. <laughs> I don't know uh, Devonte Smith and Duncan. Uh, so right. So y'all are just gonna have to get used to this. Just understand that this is a thing, and you're just gonna have to be cool with it because it's it's going to happen a lot. Um, but moving on to the co-main event, uh, Lando Venata versus Marcos Mariano, who looked like the Aldi version of Anderson Silva, um, <laughs> minus like 40 pounds, um, no ground. <laughs> yeah, not not a lot to dissect in this fight other than Lando really big brother. <laughs> that this fight went. I mean, really, it was a wash. I ain't gonna, they they had a mini feel out session. The second Lando got a hold of him and nice slam also by Venata. The second he got Marcos on the ground with that slam, this fight was over. Um, Marcos just kind of looked like he had really no idea what to do other than, I guess I'm just going to hold on and hope you don't hit me too hard. Um, Lando, to me, looked like he was winning this fight so much that he was bored. Like, <laughs> he, he was landing ground and pound. It's like, all right, bro, you know you can kind of, you can fight back if you want. But, all right, I guess you're not going to fight back, so I'm just going to keep hitting you. Um, and the way... <laughs> Was it me or the way he got the Kimura? It was almost like Marcos gave it to him because he was ready to get out of there. He's like, like yeah, I'm done with this. Yeah. Lando had, like, north-south control. And he just casually reached over for Marcos' arm. And Marcos didn't really offer any kind of tug or, like... It was like Lando just took it. Like, all right, here's your arm. Oh, you going to give that to me? All right, cool. And he just got him out of there. Um not 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 really a ton to uh to dissect with that fight. It was very one-sided. Lando gave him the big brother treatment. I have a question. Is this the first time we've seen Lando Venata use his ground game in the UFC? 
Like I don't I don't I remember know. the Matt Favala fight, but No, nah, a lot of that no, nah, I think most of that was them back and forth standing. He's gotta have some does he have any submission wins? In the UFC. This is his second win in the UFC. He is two, three, and two in the UFC. Jesus. Right? It doesn't feel like that. That's <laughs> like the Tony Ferguson loss has miscolored the rest of his career. Cause he should have he should have beat Bobby Green, but he had a point taken away, and he probably should have beat Matt Favala, but he got him back in the fight. <laughs> yeah, he he pre UFC career he had four submission wins, and then once he got to the UFC, he was like whatever. I I, I almost knocked out Tony Ferguson, like every other person right. Tony Ferguson <laughs> ever fought. So that means I can knock out anybody. Yeah, and, and it's not. Oh, maybe maybe he needs to. You know, throw that back in the repertoire. I, I think Jim Miller was the proper call out for him because that, like, he he needs like that win. He needs that yeah. type of win to keep any type of hype and like that. That would really suck if he becomes one of those guys that kind of like. Because even you saying to me that his record was two, three, and two, I didn't realize he. Because you look at, like, his talent, and you would think, like, oh, he's probably doing all right. Nah, this game is just yeah. so... It's not... Like, there's just too many holes in it, man. Like, too many lapses for people like Bobby Green to exploit. Yeah. And then it doesn't help. He, he, when you're at lightweight... You... <laughs> yeah, no, like, it's a murderer's row. Your, your first yeah. five fights are Tony Ferguson, John McDessey... Uh, David Taymor, Bobby Green, and Drakkar Close. Like, yeah, Taymor and Close aren't exactly big names, but they're skilled dudes. Yeah. Does uh, uh, we'll probably revisit this at some point. But do you, do you think in a way maybe did the Tony fight maybe hurt him more? Yeah. I, yeah. I, like I had people telling me he was a top five lightweight already after that fight. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. It's not how this works. Because I got to think that if he go if he goes to the Tony fight, and let's just say he got washed, they bring him back. But he doesn't get a, a Bobby Green or a, you know. I think they wanted him to be like that. Like, he gets the Daryl Horcher treatment. Like, Daryl Horcher got Khabib Nuragomedov in his first fight um, in the UFC. Or what? Or I think, yeah, he got, and then he got Devin Powell. And then he got Scott Holtzman. And then he got Roosevelt uh, Roberts. And he lost like those last two, but they they were fights more appropriate to his level, right? Um, where else? Uh, I don't know. Like, like I think a big. I I think more than like our perception of him, a huge part of a a huge part of it all has just been like he just does not. God, he's not mixed up his game enough. Well, he, hopefully, even though this was an easy win and there's nobody else he's going to fight who's going to give them their arm like that <laughs> probably ever again. But I, I would hope that just because he got the submission win that maybe he'll just, you know, future fights, mix it up a bit more. Yeah. Uh, but then Jim Miller's a dangerous guy to kind of tangle with on the ground. Yeah, but I, I think that's a win he needs. Like I, I don't think he gets anything from fighting another dude like Marcos Rosa Mariano. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and that would probably be a fun fight because Miller's been in some some brawls too himself. So, you know, 
that, I'm, I'm all for that fight if, if that happens. Um, so, congrats to Lando, though. Back in the win category. Pretty dominant performance. Um, you know, big, big, big brother treatment. Uh, moving on down. Ricky Simon versus Simone. Simone. Uh, yeah, Simone versus uh, Ronnie Yaha. Um, really, <laughs> first of all, Ricky, man, the mullet, bro. Um, he just wants to be Eddie Guerrero. I don't know, man. It's not. It's not working. It's, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not feeling the mullet energy. Um, but what do I know? He won the fight. Um, it was pretty fun. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, I think we all kind of knew what to look out for in this fight. Ronnie fights. If he gets you down, probably not going to go good for you. So you just got to, you know, be wary of his takedowns, fend those off, and, you know, pick him apart on the feet. Um, and while Ronnie Yaha's striking has gotten better, not the prettiest thing to watch. Um, he does often overextend. He throws 100% in every, I say every hit, but... <laughs> there are just a lot of times where he'll throw like a right and he just puts like his whole body and soul into it um but he does that because he's not scared of being taken down because that's kind of what he, he wants. should be scared of getting knocked out because that almost happened several times in this fight yeah <laughs> i thought ricky in this fight did a really good job of like he was at like a, a nice i don't I want to say safe but he was at good enough distance to where I can jab you. I can hit you. I might eat a couple shots back. But when you shoot for a takedown, I can I can stuff it. I can get out of the way fast enough so that you're not going to get me. And I like that he actually stuck to his game plan the entire time. And even in moments of duress, because he, he had a really good first round where he was, uh, he gave Ronnie the blues on uh, the first with, his, with, with the hands. And then in the second round, uh, Ronnie had a much better second round. Um, he had, he caught Ricky, I can't remember what he caught him with. It was like an uppercut thing. Yeah, he, he stunned Ricky a, a really, with a really good shot. And I think a lot of guys, maybe just even just based off of instinct, natural instinct would tell you, oh, I'm hurt, I need to clinch so I can like kind of gather myself. And he didn't fall into that trap. Like he got hit and he backed up and like tried to just circle out. And I thought he just did a good job of really 100% sticking to his game plan because he easily could have gotten rocked out of instinct, just kind of clinched to, you know, just kind of gather himself again. Next thing you know, Yaha takes him down or pulls guard or does something crazy and the fight goes a different way. Um, but, like, he, he got rocked. He still stayed within himself, um, recovered pretty well. Like I say, caught, caught, Yaha, caught Ronnie with a lot of good shots. Um they had a couple of headbutt clashes. I think Ricky's like eye was kind of bloody, um, but no, like really good, good performance from from both. Because for Ronnie for not being able to get takedowns, still managed to damage Ricky a, a good amount. But Ricky just did it, like I said, a really good job of sticking to the game plan. I'm gonna pick you apart from outside. Um, I love that shoulder check <laughs> move that he did. Nah. I, I don't think I can't think of many people I've seen. Nah, do I think that. it was on purpose. <laughs> it, it looked pretty clean <laughs> to me it, i'm gonna give him benefit of the doubt and say he wanted to do that because to me it looked like he or if he didn't it, it, it looked clean like he caught yaha coming in and just kind of just gave him a nice little shoulder just you know and, and, and knocked him down and and good good on him for uh also uh 
nice job of slipping a lot of uh, Yaha's punches. Because um, Yaha was throwing a kill. He he was throwing some hard shots out there, and Ricky slipped a lot of a lot of ones that could have took his head off. Um, but no, I I enjoyed Ricky's performance. Um, and I, like I said, I always root for the LFA guys. Um, so they just continue to send you know quality um, fighters over to the UFC. So I, I was happy that that Ricky got this win. And for all intents and purposes, Ronnie's name doesn't get brought up a lot. Um, but he has a lot of wins, so I think for Ricky, like this is a pretty big win. That's a nice, that's a nice name to have on your resume. Probably gets him a, uh, a number. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, um, Ricky just seems like a dude who just knows, like wins and losses, and like, like, I should say, he knows how to win fights. Despite. Like he's not an unflawed fighter, but he fought. He knows how to fight a smart fight. Like in this fight, he understood. Okay, I don't need to go to the ground with Ronnie Yaya, but that doesn't mean I can't use my wrestling, which is like the best part of my game. I'll just take him down to break his rhythm every time he charges forward at me, and you know, buy myself a few moments of yeah, um, uh, of relaxing, so I can kick at his legs. Um. In the Montel Jackson fight, Jackson was a way, way bigger dude so, with, like, the reach advantage. So what does he do? He just takes him down because, like, Jackson's a really inexperienced guy who basically built his career on uh, being the bigger, stronger dude and being able to punch everybody. So, like, it, it, it's really, like, it, it's satisfying to see a dude who just understands, okay, this is what I have to do to win. And I won't deviate from the game plan. Um, like he managed to drop someone. Uh, someone managed to drop Yaya like twice in the first round. Um, I, I probably would have liked to see more body shots, just because I like Yaya is a dude who tends to slow down as the fight goes on, but that didn't seem to happen here. Um, you know, maybe it would have gone uh, more to just you know getting the stoppage for him in the long run and you know that's pretty important at Bantamweight when everybody seems to be stopping everybody nowadays yeah but um yeah no it was a really good performance from Simone um like I said still a whole bunch of flaws still got stuff to work on but when you know what how when you know what your route to victory is and you're able to do that like you're just able to follow the game plan you're so ahead of the curve because there's so many fighters who can't do that. Yeah. And like I said, there were moments where he could have just naturally deviated and he, he stuck with the game plan 100% of the time. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. Probably not a good sign of Ronnie Yaya's uh, Rocky, though. So, yeah, maybe it worked. What is probably not a good sign when Ronnie Yaya is rocking you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Yaha is not supposed to be the guy that, like, almost knocks you out. That's <laughs> like I said, his striking's getting better, but, you know, that's not the guy you want to look back at and, like, oh, man, he, he actually knocked me out. Um, but either way, Ricky uh, Simone gets the win. So congrats to him. That was a pretty entertaining fight. Oh, boy, this this next fight. Um, talk about and we had we had the big brother fight with Lando and we move on to the big sister fight uh <laughs> Montana De La Rosa uh versus Nadia uh Kasim um 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, De La Rosa did whatever he wanted. Yeah. Um, like my, uh, yeah, I had Nadia Kasim, Kasim as like somebody to watch at strawweight primarily because she had like a she's like five seven. She has like a huge frame, but at the same time, like she's ridiculously green, like uh, like absurdly green, um, and raw. And for all Montego Rosa's faults, she is a very good grappler and a very good wrestler. And Kaysom is not. So there you go. So like at, at yeah. Flyweight, where where her reach and her strength and her build is just not as uh not as pronounced. It, it probably doesn't work out for the best. Yeah, De La Rosa. <laughs> Every time De La Rosa threw more than, like, three punches, Nadia just backed up. Like, I'm not ready for this moment. Yeah. And then she would get taken down and just kind of beat up from there. Like, I'm curious if they thought Case... Like, they gave Case some this big uh, spot. Like, she was... Even before the injury, she was a main card um, person. Like, she was on the main card. Um, I'm curious if the USC thought, like, they had something with her. Well, if they did... It, it got thrown out the window. Um, she, they look like they, <laughs> not to be mean, one of them just looked like they didn't belong. Yeah, no, she did not. Like, yeah, she looked. Nadia looked like she had no business being out there. Like Montana flurried her from the jump. Nadia just backed up and <laughs> and just ate some punches. Got taken down. Got beat up. That repeated in the second round. Like, it was literally like the same sequence. Like, flurry, takedown, beat you up. Second round, more of the same. And then it ends with a, <laughs> a arm bar um, in the second round. Yeah, not Ma- Ma- uh, Montana gave her the blue. Yeah. Um, uh, Montana also looks like somebody, though. Like, she's 23 years old. Like, she, she looks like somebody who can be somebody at women's flyweight. It's like her third win in the UFC. All three by submission uh, victory. Um, they maybe give her a... What's some flyweight? They're still kind of building up. <laughs> kind of trying to think of somebody to give her next. Hold up. I had the rankings in front of me just a second ago. Oh, here there. Um, I actually thought about this. I was going to write it, but uh, I got lazy. Um, Mara, uh, Mara Romero Barella. Or Paige Van Zandt. Well, either one of them works. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down for either of those. I think the... Like, I'd be interested to see how a Paige fight goes. Yeah, like... Whoever you match her up with, she, she's like... She's 23 years old, like... And, and, like I said, like... She's still not very... Good at... Striking. Or not good, like, at all. If my memory serves me for her last fight correctly, so like, she she needs time to grow before you try to stuff her in there with Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah, but I was gonna say the thing is like at that, that I'm gonna say that's the danger to like these new divisions is that they're so thin that kind of by default if you win like two or three fights in a row, it's kind of like. I guess. Kind of have to, yeah. We kind of just have to throw you up there because there's no, there's no other bodies really. See, but they mm. also have um, 
like well, they got they got like Jessica I he's won three in a row I think at flyweight. Um, Joanna, uh, not Joanna, Joanne Calderwood has won a couple in a row. Um, Kaylin Chikagian is up there. Like they got bodies to 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 keep Valentina Shevchenko busy for a little bit. Call Calderwood is coming. She wants she wants all the smoke. Yeah, I, 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 that's the fight. <laughs> yeah. That's the fight. Uh, the three that I would definitely most be looking forward to. Calderwood wants all the smoke, and I'm I'm here for it. Um, but uh, props to Montana De La Rosa, dominant win, just in control of all facets of the fight in every moment, in every way possible. Um, so congrats to her. Um, rounding out the main card, uh, this was originally supposed to be Jimmy Crute versus Ryan Spann, which is a fight I was really looking forward to, but uh, Ryan Spann had to pull out due to an injury, so we were treated to Jimmy Crute. Uh, versus Sam Alvey. Um, bit a bit a bit of controversy, some feelings hurt. No. <laughs> Sam was not smiling after this fight was over. I mean, they don't get hurt. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, don't like. Okay, I get it. You're giving the thumbs up, but like, you're, you're not, not moving. moving. <laughs> you're still shout. Like, it's called intelligible. It's like it's intelligent defense. Like it's not, yeah. it's not. Oh, I'm okay. I'm not freaking dead. Yeah, and not not a ton happened in this fight before that. Like Crew was getting off a lot of uh, a lot of kicks, very uh, kick heavy offense. And then he caught Al- Albi. Uh, he caught Albi coming in with a uh, caught Albi with a right, dropped him. I'm really curious one, one, what Albi was throwing because like I saw the replay of him. It's like that doesn't look like he's throwing a punch. Yeah, I don't. He was, he was moving in for something. Yeah, I don't know what it was because I don't even know if like his hand came up. Like I don't know. He was just he was moving in for something. He had some plan in his head, um. But before he could do anything, he had a right hand. In yeah, he face. dropped like his left hand completely to like his thigh, which opened up the right hook for um for for crew. And I'm just I'm cur- I'm just like I'm trying to think of like what he possibly could have thought he was going to do with it. He ended up getting dropped. Uh, Crute got you guys got to stop with this walk off. <laughs> Don't do that, Crute, because Crute hesitated. I guess he thought it was over for a second, but nope. Uh, Albie stumbles back. Um, Al- <laughs> Albie goes for a takedown, but you could really tell he was still out of it. Crute reverses position. Land some uh, ground and pound. And albeit, like, if you watch the replay, the ground and pound wasn't anything crazy. Actually, I think some of those shots I'll be actually blocked. But, like, like you said, you can give the thumbs up. Cool. But, like, you're not moving. You're not rolling. You're not... You're just kind of sitting there. And the fact that you just got rocked isn't really helping your cause. So, yeah. I get it, like... Like, like real talk... When Crute hit Alvy and Alvy tried to get back up, he was tripping over his own feet, and I honestly would have been fine if they had stopped it there, because it, it yeah, looked like he, he was struggling to stand up. Yeah, he he did a mean stumble <laughs> before it went back on the ground. Like he was clearly rocked, and yeah, like you said, it's you can throw the thumbs up, but if you're not moving, if you're not showing me that you're you know trying to advance your position or you know, you can't really be surprised when they stop. Exactly. Game. So, so it, 
I mean, it, it sucks for Alvy. Do I do I think he probably could have continued? He, he probably could have. But you know, Why? you you got to intelligently defend. You got to move. You got to show him something, and he was kind of just sitting there. So it sucks for Alvy, but kind of is what it is. And if I'm being completely honest. I needed Jimmy Crute to win this fight so bad. <laughs> we all did. We need we need new faces at 205. Uh, I thought you were talking about because if Sam Alvey had won this fight, it would have been just pain. That too. <laughs> if Alvey would have ended up winning, unless he ended up by getting a knockout, we might have been in for a long night. Um, so I I I, I was happy that Crute got this win. I, I'm just I'm all for any new face. At 205, who's out here putting in work. So, shout out to Jimmy Crute. Um, get, getting the TKO finish over Sam Alvey. I mean, that's two in a row. It's yeah. time to give him the Glover to share. Right. <laughs> you got to fight the Glover to share, the OSPs, and the uh, the Jimmy Manawas of the world now. Because that's just kind of how 205 works. Um, and pray that they don't match you up with Tiago Santos. Yeah. I would duck him, too, if I was a fighter. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight him. Uh, not fighting anybody with a hammer yeah. tattooed on their chest out of my jurisdiction um, um, yeah like no, no, go, go match crude up with like Nick, uh, Krylov or something mm. boy did his fight not go the way he wanted <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy like between guys like Crude, uh, Span who I hope you know covers from his injury uh, we got Reyes out there, Johnny Walker out there. Like, 205 is like, it's, it's getting a little fun. I, I ain't going to get too far ahead of myself. Yeah. Still a lot of old guys, but there, there's new talent out there. Like, new, fresh talent, guys that are not like 35 years and Yeah, older. and maybe some of them won't work out, but it, like the, the, there is interest in seeing if they can or not. Right, and... At, at that point at 205, that's all you can ask for at this point. Like, them them turning out well is just a bonus. Just the fact that I'm even interested in seeing some of these guys fight is a lot. Because just not even a couple years ago, boy, this division, outside of, like, the top three guys, you started scratching your head <laughs> seeing a lot of these names. Um, but, nah, I, I like, I like, I like, we need, we need more of this. This this makes me happy. So, shout out to Jim, Jimmy Crute, man. Keep 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 doing your thing. Um, so that was the main card. Moving on to the ESPN prelims, uh, we've got Devonte Smith uh, versus uh, Dong Hyung Ma. Um, I don't remember uh, Dong really throwing much <laughs> in this fight. Um, Devonte just, you know, playing the outside, bouncing around, little head movement, throwing off some one twos, and then. Uh, Boy, when he finished, did he finish? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, an- another guy lightweight, uh, got 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 some power in his hands. Caught caught Dong with a nasty one too. Um, boy, was that ground and pound that he landed like really nasty. Um, and they were not illegal shots. If you watch the replay. Those were all to like, like the ear and like the side of the face. Cause I saw some people that thought like it was illegal, but if you watch the replay, those were all actually clean shots. And boy, did he just explode on him. Um, and 
that post-fight interview was just greatness. Um, <laughs> I, I love, like, the Martin walk he did after he won. Um, yeah, he, I'm a fan. I, I, I don't remember, I don't know if I watched the episode of the Contender Series that he was on, but I'm a fan now. I'm, uh, I'm definitely looking out for this guy. Between the post-fight interview and just the violent finish, um, yet another person at lightweight, um, out here doing big things. So, shout-out to Devontae Smith, because that was a violent finish. Um, yeah. Like, very, very we, we haven't seen a lot of him in the UFC between, like, this and knocking out Julian Arosa, but, like, I, I've liked what we've seen, even beyond just the 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 pure violence he's able to uh, to inflict onto his opponents. Like, um, in this fight, just great in-and-out movement. Um, the, the finishing sequence, um, it was... He waited. He baited um, Jung Hyo Ma to come in, and as Jung Hyo Ma crouched, he stepped to his right, um, pivoted out, and cracked him with a one-two. Um, and like that's that's good. That's really good stuff. Like moving your feet to throw a combination off a counter. Like that stuff. Like especially in MMA, you don't see early in people's careers. And this is like what his tenth fight, and I'm assuming he's had a relatively like short amount of years in the sport, like probably no more than three or four. But I, I see now, like, like, like there was um, there was a sequence in this fight where he threw a jab that you know, um, that he caught Ma with, right? He proceeded to feint the jab on the next uh, on his next exchange and throw a leg kick. Um, to to Mosley leg, um, and then in the very next exchange, he fainted the leg kick to the uh, to, and instead threw a head kick, and it didn't land. But that's like, all right, you're making reads now, and, right. and you're laying traps, and like I like that. Yeah, for for a guy his I don't know what his age is, but ter- age in terms of like, experience level, yeah, experience. Yeah, he he looks pretty polished. Like he, he he wasn't out there. You, you would think for a guy with his power that he might be like really reckless, but like he was really waiting for his moments and picking his shots. He just wasn't out here like, oh, I'm just gonna throw twenty thousand punches until I finish him. Like he waited for his opportunities and was you know, he set himself up to win that. Exactly, fight. and um, um we I, I, we won't know much about him until he fights somebody who's at least like a, a similar athletic level. Or, you know, was able to give him rounds. But, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again. Like, he's on my radar, too, now. Um, you know, with, like, 30 other people who aren't in the top 10 at lightweight. But I just want an all-lightweight card. That'd be so cool. But then they'd have nothing to main event all their fight nights. Right. It's <laughs> just... <laughs> There are just so many good lightweights, and he, yeah, he's just inserted himself, you know, potential, potential new challenge. You know who he reminds a me little, of? A little bit. He reminds me of Dominic Reyes. I can see that. Like, like they, they both have, like, this weird amount of polish for guys who don't go very deep into fights. Right. So. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll keep an eye on him. And like I said, I like the person. Oh yeah, no, he just, dude, yeah. he is a charming man. <laughs> yeah, he he seems like a. Funny He's got guy, a good vibe so. going. So, 
yeah. So we'll 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 we'll, we'll keep an eye on him. Um, but that was a very violent finish. So definitely go back and rewatch that fight. Uh, moving down to the next fight, uh, Shang Young uh, versus Austin Arnett. If um, you had just listened to commentary, you would have thought that Shane Young had lost this fight as opposed to win all three rounds. <laughs> like, was, I, I respect the crap out of Dominic Cruz, but the dude, like, when he sees somebody who he sees himself in, like, he just kind of gets blinded. Because if you ever heard him talk about fighting, it's a lot of why, like about his fight size. A lot of why would I ever put myself in a bad position? And like, if you're an out fighter who likes to snipe at range and then get out of like get out of dodge before somebody can counter, that is Dominic Cruz's jam, and that's what Austin Arnett tried to do. <laughs> like there was a sequence where um, Shane Young. Who who ended up winning the fight, by the way, by a unanimous decision. I think he, I had him winning all three rounds. Yeah, he got 30-27. Yeah. The um, but there was a sequence where Arnett tagged... Um, he he kind of tagged. It was a glancing jab on Young. And then Young proceeds to follow it with like a, like a series of like three hooks. Like right, left, right, left. And he landed the last two. And Dominic Cruz is like, ooh, that was a nice jab by Arnett. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> we just going to ignore that three-piece. Like, huh? <laughs> all right, I see what you're looking for. <laughs> but, yeah, he really likes to praise dudes who uh, who, who fight, like, who, who he sees himself in. Which, it, it's, I'm not going to say it's unavoidable, but, like, I, I get it. Especially when you have, like, a certain ideology on fighting like Dominic Cruz does. But um, like, overall, it was a pre- it was a really good fight. Uh, I like Shane Young's game. He is like um, bootleg Alexander Volkanovsky. <laughs> like he doesn't have the athleticism or power, or just cardio of Volkanovsky, but he does all the same things. Like he likes to come on the inside. He likes to push you back towards the fence where he can unload his offense. He likes to shoot for the takedown um, along the fence, but he just doesn't have any of um, Volkanovski's gifts. I don't. I don't know what the stat showed. Um, I'd have to go back and see, but it just felt like Shane had just so much more. Oh output. yeah. Like Arnett would. Yeah, Arnett would throw. He would pot shot maybe like one or two, and Shane was you know two, three, four flurry like every time he stunned Arnett it was off of a flurry where he landed like four like he was really going for it and it just mixed that with like the pressure and he's just always in Arnett's face like Arnett just couldn't really get anything off um they had a couple of good back and forth exchanges but like overall it just seemed like Shane just really outworked him um what was the reach advantage didn't Arnett have a reach advantage of I he had a, I thought he had a pretty good reach. No, I want to say he had the height advantage, and Young had like a half-inch reach advantage, which was really oh. weird. Yeah, because if you look at their frames, like, it, <laughs> maybe it's because, like, Shane fights kind of like... Shane's more bladed. Like, he, he, he gets every inch of what he has um, when he's striking. So, like, aren't... aren't and, like... Young's game is a lot of hooks and overhand rights and um, and body shots. Oh, by the way, 
Great use of body shots um, and leg kicks because Rick Little fighters don't care about that because you know no, only wimps get knocked out by body shots. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I'm remembering Rick Little's words correctly, <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of like if I have one criticism of Young in this fight, it's that he didn't go to the body more. I want to say he landed like in the 30s on body shots, and if you can land the 30s on body shots, that means you could probably land in like the 50s on body shots. Because that yeah, they said he, he threw a total of like four hundred punches. Yeah, no, he he was getting after it. Yeah, that's that's what you want to see. Like, it's it's hard to beat a guy who just off of sheer volume can throw that much. Yeah, like, like that's, that's you have to really try to work and earn their respect, and uh, unless you crack them with something good, you're not going to um, you're probably not gonna. Uh, get them out of there with one punch. Yeah. Especially like Young, who does a really good job of like staying over his feet. Like He does not get out ahead of his feet with his punches like certain people. Um, that, like he, he stays within himself, which is a good way to avoid getting knocked out. Yeah. Um, also, shouts for that flurry at the end where he where he turned um where he turned Arnett's whole body around on that hook. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta give Arnett props. He had a lot of shots. Oh yeah, no, he's tough as crap. Yeah, he, he he stayed alive because boy, he was getting tagged. He 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 probably did not feel good waking up this morning, boy. His whole jaw probably gone. <laughs> but yeah, that that was a fun fight. Uh Shane Young is now what, two and one, I think, in the UFC. Um, so, just seems like another, he'll, he'll be a fun guy at Featherweight to keep Like, I, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't foresee, like, a title run for Young, but, like, if you needed de- a, a dependable, not even action fighter, but just, like, a dependable test and somebody who will always put on, like, a good performance, like, uh, Young, I think, is going to be, like, a consistent type of guy like that. And I, and I respect that, like... He'll he'll is is as long as he can not fall into a rut, he he's a guy who'll probably always have yeah. a job. He'll he'll be he should be able to stay around for. Yeah, a I, I I look forward to seeing what he adds to his game because I don't think he's done. Yeah. So we'll we'll see, but that yeah that was a fun fight. Like I said, for for a fight that I wasn't really, but when I looked at the card, this didn't really jump out at me. It, I actually thoroughly enjoyed see, the fight. See, so shout this out is to one of the few prelims I was actually looking forward to because I, I uh, um the D fight. Was was real? I remember that being really good. So I was like, yeah, I like, I, I, I really like the t- um, like the, the the Shane Young, John Lineker, Alexander Volkanovsky type of fighters who are just like, I'm going to walk you down to the fence and just beat the crap out of you. All right. With four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> four hundred punches. But um, yeah. Congrats to Shane Young. Uh, he got thirty twenty sevens across the board. Uh, for a unanimous decision. Uh, moving on to a fight I was looking forward to. Uh, flyweight back again. Kai Car France uh, versus uh, Raleon Paiva. Um, wasn't familiar with Raleon, um, but I remember Kai Car France's last fight, and I remember being thoroughly entertained. So I was looking forward to this fight. And it's where my memory is going to fail me. I don't remember this fight in like a lot of specific detail. But I remember it being really fun. Um, oh yeah, 
I had to give a lot of respect for Rollian because it just seemed like he didn't care what Car France was throwing at him. He's like, bro, I'm just going to keep fighting. Like, you can hit me as many times as you want, um, but it's not over until it's over. <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 yet another fight that just, you know, keep keep flyweight alive. These guys have just been showing. It just seemed like ever since that, like, rumor has been thrown in the atmosphere, dudes have just been showing out. Um, and this was just another fight where Car France and, uh, Raleigh and just both put on a really good performance, really fun back and forth, people getting tagged, scrambles, just good, good flyweight stuff, like, just really good flyweight action, um, and for Raleigh on for that being, I think that was his UFC debut, um, no, obviously didn't get a win, but... He did enough to where I, I would want to see him fight yeah. again. And he'll probably be a bantamweight, though, if we're being honest. Which sucks. Yeah, he was but he's got a yeah. frame for bantamweight, so works. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, dude, legit was just like, I don't care what you throw at me, Kaikara Frank. I'm, I'm just going to stand in front of you and throw six punch combinations. Right. <laughs> um,. Like he was really stiff to start off the fight, but like once once he got a beat on what France was trying to do, um, I'm sorry, uh, Kata France, because that's apparently his last name. His first name is not Kai Kata, as yeah, Cruz did that for like the first two rounds of the fight. Um, yeah, so uh, Kata France, um, you know, his game seemed to be okay. I'm going to throw the left hook, overhand right. And one of those punches will land. And it did, because Paiva likes to stand straight up in the air. And he's tall. So it, it makes for uh, a big a, a big target for uh, for Carfrance to hit. But at the same time, Paiva's just like, F it. Um, I'm going to plant my feet. And I'm going to slip the first punch. And after that, I'm going to just throw three random punches. And one of them will land. And it worked. Um, I actually had Piper winning the fight, but I'm not mad at a Car France like decision. Like it's not, it's defendable. Yeah. But it was a fun fight. So keep flyweight alive, yeah. man. Um, just, just, just keep flyweight, flyweight alive. And if not, everybody has to go fight in Rising. And who wants that? They only have six cards a year. <laughs> that, that is true. I mean, I guess, I guess some of the like, I guess they need the like English speaking. Uh, like, I guess one needs English speaking flyweights now for DJ to fight because yeah, especially gonna be on yeah. TV. You know, eh, throw throw a couple of them in there. But yeah, man, keep keep these guys around, man. They're really putting on really good fights. And like I said, if if you compare like just the overall talent pool of flyweight now to when like not even just maybe a couple like three years ago it's gotten like a lot better like there are so many a lot more really solid fighters at flyweight than compared to like a few yeah and there's ago. still a whole bunch that aren't in the UFC right so so keep keep, keep the division around man Dude, dudes are out here showing up so shout out to Kai Car France he won a split decision uh, last fight on the ESPN prelims uh, Kyung Ho Kang is back uh, going against Teruto Ishihara, I was pretty sure this fight was going to be nothing but fun. 
and it was exactly <laughs> what I thought it was going to be. Um, lots of chaos. Rock'em, sock'em robots. Yeah, there, there was a point in this fight where they stood and traded for like a minute straight. <laughs> like, they just, like, dudes were just winging punches for like a minute straight. I was about to, um, I was really upset when Ishihara dropped um, Kang because I'm like, damn, now Arnold Goldbaum is better than Kang. <laughs> <laughs> but he recovered. Yeah, man, he came, he came back. He came back. And then he man. realized Ishihara Lop. doesn't have a ground game. <laughs> Speaking of the ground game, I thought that was really slick when he had Ishihara's back. He didn't really have his hooks in. And it looked like he was going to slot off. And then he put Ishihara in like a full Nelson to like... <laughs> yeah, I've been a full Nelson for like three seconds to like get his balance back because it looked like he was going to fall off. And then he just ended up taking his back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he got the, got the choke in. I thought that was really slick the way he Oh, yeah, dude's it. a tremendous grappler. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Did, did he leave for a military Yes, he was. Uh, he, yeah, that... he spent two years, two and a half years in the military. Yeah. So and he was a guy before he came to the UFC. Um, I, I I was I'd had my eye on him because I'd heard a lot about him. Um, so good good to see him fighting again. Good to see him uh, in the win column. But not this, this, this is the second fight back in the same because he fought Ricardo Hamos or Ricardo Hamos, I guess. Yeah, but it just seems like we don't. I just seems like I go so long without seeing him fight, even though it's only been. Well, yeah, he fought last year. I was in. in well, Harvard. he's Korean, so the UFC only lets him fight when they go to the yeah. Eastern Hemisphere. Yeah, pretty much. Which sucks, um, but. Yeah. But nah, he, he's 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 been pretty pretty solid in the UFC. I don't know what his overall record is, but it's pretty good. And he's actually fought pretty solid competition. He seems like just a guy. He's gonna put on fun fights, win or lose. You, you want to throw him on a card because you just you want some action. You want to see something crazy happen. Throw him on a card. It'll it'll get done whether he wins or loses. Um, but no, nah, th- this was an awesome fight. Like you said, just pretty much rock 'em sock 'em robots until Kyung Ho Kang realized, oh, if I go on the ground, he he can't see me over here, and that's kind of how that went. But. Awesome fight from Kyung Ho Kang. Uh, fun fight from both. Shout out to Ishihara also. But uh, Kyung Ho Kang won via a rear naked choke uh, in the first round. And the last two fights, uh, moving on to the fight pass prelims. Uh, we had Jalen Turner versus Callan Potter or Kalan. I'm not sure. Uh, um, yeah, Callan. Callan uh. Potter. Uh, this was Callan's debut. And boy, unfortunately for him... <laughs> he uh he got dispatched in under a minute. Um, talk about finishing sequences. This was a nasty one too. Um, I think he caught Potter. J- Jalen caught Potter with like a right hand, then like a left, then a body kick, then like a right, then like a body punch. It was a crazy like Tekken combination <laughs> that he caught Potter with. Um. Got a little ground and pound on the ground, and now it was over. Um, that 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 was a very violent but beautiful combination that he ended uh Potter with. And again, I'm a, was Jalen Turner from the contender yes. series. Yes. Yeah. And then they um, made him fight Vicente Luque for some reason. <laughs> well, either way, 
in, in the similar vein of um, Devontae Smith, really violent um, finish, also at lightweight. So this division just seems to just turn out just a lot of good talent. I mean, he, he's still young in his career, so, you know, obviously I have to see where he goes from here. But um, awesome finish. He got the job done and under a round. Hardly really took any damage and put on a show for the 53 seconds <laughs> that the fight lasted. Yeah. Not, not a good young talent on this card. You gotta give it that. And uh, this last fight, ah, it's really hard for me to comment on this because this is actually the only fight I didn't get to rewatch. Uh, uh, it was a pretty good one. Um, Jonathan Martinez takes a decision win over who. Uh, I was about to call him Waluigi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Wu- I was thinking of Waluigi Burin. Um, it's uh, it was a really fun competitive fight. Um, Burin, uh, you know, was the bigger, stronger dude, but he 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 had his heart set on the takedown, and he was getting it. Some nice, really like inside outside trip takedowns. Um, but once it went to the ground. Martinez just continually found ways to get reversals, to get sweeps. He got on top, would take the back, got mount, um, and Byron just had no answer for that. Like he got up a couple times, but almost immediately got like went back to the takedown and just ended up getting taken down again or getting his back taken again. Like he never got close to a finish, but um, but Martinez did a really good job of just like getting uh getting position, getting control. And then reversing once um once uh, Burn would get on top, so I, I think the closest to a finish this fight came was when um Burn had I think he had Martinez's back and then he went for an armbar, but he ended up falling off. So, uh, yeah, he ended up like falling off his back, and. You know, Martinez just managed to get back on top. Um, yeah, but it was a fine grappling match. Um, um, it was probably Burns' last fight in the UFC. Yeah. I think all I remember from the, like I, re- I remember enjoying this fight while it was on, um, but I think like my lasting memory is in the post fight, and he said, "Vote for Pedro." I was like, oh, "I like this guy." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I remember. <laughs> But it, it, I remember it being an, an entertaining fight. Um, but that was uh, UFC 234. Um, for a card that obviously had a lot going on, like numerous fight cancellations and then the the bomb literally at the last second with uh, Whitaker and Gaslam and how that went down. Um, like I said earlier, what... Was it a pay-per-view quality card in terms of, like, star power and all that? Nah, not really. But if you just judge it on the quality of the fights, pretty entertaining night. Like, you look at these names, not a ton really pops out. Unless you're, like, in the know and you know about some of these guys and maybe even following them. Um, but nah, if you, if you just watch the fights, I would say this was a pretty entertaining night of fights. Like, this card was a lot better than what I thought it would be, um, I can't really look at any, there weren't, like, any bad fights on this card, um, pretty much in every fight, there was something going on, um, like I said, just not 
heavy in terms of star power, but the quality of fights was there. Like there were good performances, people were showing out, got some violent finishes. I, I think the important thing you know. is a bunch of young talent got a lot of UFC experience. Yeah. Which is very important. Yeah. So a lot of these names will probably see, you know, probably on some more upcoming prelims, maybe on other ESPN plus cards or other pay per views. And now they'll be a little more familiar. Um, you know. So the next time you see a name like a, you know, a Devontae Smith, a Jalen Turner, a Shane Young, um, you know, a Jimmy Crute, you'll remember that you saw them on these cards and they had like really good performances. Or if you didn't watch you remember us talking about them and be like, Oh, he's good. Right. Right. Because we told you they're good and we don't lie. <laughs> so um and, and then like the main event was just like such a you know like this this for for as much crap there was surrounding this card in terms of just fights not happening and injuries and all that this card ended we've seen so many ufc cards in where like your heart just gets ripped out and stomped on and like thrown away this was one of those cards where like you left and you you felt good yeah like you just you felt good about what what happened. Um, First, Jose Aldo, now Anderson Silva. Right. Yeah. So the the MMA gods took away a fight, but they gave us a, a feel good moment. So, in in this day and age, <laughs> in, in in MMA, um, I will take that as a move victory, and I I will be be grateful um, so yeah UFC 234 man if you didn't get a chance to watch it uh, go back and check it out like I said not not heavy in terms of star power but a l- all of the fights pretty much were entertaining and the main event was was worth it um, so go watch that um, real quick I forgot to mention this um, Anderson Silva mentioned he wanted to fight in Curitiba and some of the fights that were thrown out were a rematch with Chris Weidman which no and a, re- a rematch with Nick Diaz, who yep. Anderson Silva claimed to have talked with on the phone and said, hey, do you want to fight again? And apparently Nick said yes. <laughs> hey, man, if that, if that was going to be Anderson's retirement fight, uh, I'm all for it. Like, what, what, that Curitiba card has, um, it's probably going to have Amanda Nunes. It's probably going to have, uh, Rose, it has the Rose Nami Nunes versus Jessica Andrade. I mean, it, it might have Jose Aldo, and it might, it might have Andrew Silva. That's a good card. Yeah, I'm all for that. I mean, it'll probably help with sales, too, if we're being honest. So. Yeah, because people love the, people love the Diaz brothers. Yeah. And albeit Nick hasn't fought in, like, 80 years, but. And he hasn't fought, you know. I mean, technically, he hasn't fought since he lost to um, GSP, right? Because the last Anderson fight didn't count. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Anderson tested positive, and then... Nick tested positive. Was, he, 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 yeah, didn't, Nick tested positive for what we know he would test positive for. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that, man. Uh, I'm, that would be another entertaining... There'll be a lot of gifts after that. Yeah, it's shaping up. Like I didn't have much hopes for 2019 in MMA, but it's shaping up that like there's some good stuff happen that could potentially happen this year. There's a lot of feel good going around. Yeah, we have to we have to take these moments while we have them. right. Um, so yeah, that that was UFC 234, man. So go go back and give it a look. Pretty pretty entertaining card. Definitely worth the watch. Um, this is the second week in a row. We've been under three hours. We are on. Well, that's not happening next week. 
I'm gonna just put it out there now. Um, there is two Bellator cards. The UFC's debut on ESPN TV proper, and of course Invicta, as well as Leo Santa Cruz versus Rafael Rivera, which I want to say is happening on either on Fox. Let me check that real quick. As well, I'm gonna believe enough and say that. Yeah, that's on Fox, and then Rob Brandt, um, who. Um, just picked up a uh, the middle uh, a middleweight world championship who will be fighting on ESPN and e- or ESPN Plus. I can't remember. I mean, all right. So I guess real quick, we're all good on time. Quick previews of next week. Um, so Bellator cards coming up. Uh, we got Bellator 215, Mitrione versus Karatanov. I mean, if I'm being real, a lot of this card we don't got to cover. Outside of Mitrion, Karatanov, Logan Storley, Ian Pascu, uh, Eduardo Dantes, and Toby Misetch, and probably Amanda Bell and Amber Labrock. You, you don't want to talk about Paige Van Zandt's husband? You on here? Where, where Austin you? Vanderford. Isn't that him? Oh, is it? I believe so. Oh. I will, uh, maybe. He'll, he'll, he'll get a footnote. <laughs> We'll throw him in there somewhere. My favorite thing is when you um, look up his name, it says Bellator signs undefeated Austin Vanderford, Paige Van Zandt's husband. I mean, I mean, let the man have his own identity, right? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the Misha Tate, what's his name situation. We also have America's yeah. tallest heavyweight on the card, Steve Mowry, checking in at a very tall 6'8". With his awkward, lanky self. <laughs> Titan oh, FC veteran. And then we got the big one, man. Bellator 216. Headlined by MVP versus Paul Daly. Oh, also got the return of Vitaly Minikov versus Czech Congo. For whatever reason, we got Roy Nelson and Krokop fighting again. Uh, Lord. These people like um, matches, bro. Yeah. <laughs> We got we got Eric Silva signing against Yaroslav Amasov. Uh, we got Valerie Lareda, who I think we mentioned on this podcast. Yeah. Wasn't she like a taekwondo? She was a, she was a hope uh, a hopeful for the Olympic taekwondo team, but I read something where like her family was falling apart. Like her mom like needed care twenty four seven, so her dad took over that while she raised her sisters, and it was just this whole messy thing. And she's only twenty something, so like. If she's surrounded by a good team, like, if she's an American top team, like, if they're really focusing in on her, she could be something good, like, something special. So, just on, you know, background and presumed athletics, presumed athleticism. So, got that going down next week. And then, uh, like you said, obviously the big one, uh, UFC on ESPN1. This is actually a pretty good card, man. You got Velasquez versus Nganu. You got Felder uh, versus James Vick, Cynthia Calvajo versus Courtney Casey, Cron Gracie making his debut against Bruce Leroy, Vicente Luque and Brian uh, and Brian Barbarina, Aljamain Sterling, Jimmy Rivera, Miles Jury, Andre Feely, KGB Lee, Ashley Lee Evans. Dude, Alexandra Albu? They found her? Or is she done getting her masters in Russian trademarking law? Like <laughs> yeah. Because that's where she was, apparently. Oh, you got Jody Escabel and Jessica Penne. 
And then we got a fight that I dare anybody to try to predict in Hannon Burrell versus Luke Sanders. Uh, Luke Sanders wins for three minutes, uh, not three minutes, <laughs> two and a half rounds, and then Burrell takes him down and gets him in like an arm fight. <laughs> this is one of, oh boy, that fight is, that fight is going to be fun. Um, and you also have Scott Holtzman versus Nick Lentz. So, yeah, uh, a lot of good fights next week. But you know what? I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to believe in us that somehow we'll get through all of that in under three hours. There's also an Invicta card. No, it's not. Who's, who's that? Uh, Vanessa Porto and Pearl Gonzalez. Oh, yeah, that's for the uh, the belt. Yes, and then they have the flyweight, the four-woman flyweight tournament underneath. Featuring Milan Dudieva, Deanna Bennett, Miranda Maverick, and Karina Rodriguez. Also, Aaron, Blanch, uh, Aaron Blanchfort's on the card. Blanchfield, my bad. The um, Eddie Bravo Invitational winner, or flyweight. Yeah, those are words. Um, yeah, no, just right, a whole bunch we'll... of shit to get to the next week, man. All right, maybe, maybe we will. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to stay firm. I'm going to stay firm, I believe. I'm going to say we cover all that in about 245. Better hope for a bunch Probably. of first-round finishes, then. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But um yeah, a lot of lot of good fights going down next week. So, oh wait, Defer gotta... forget something. No, oh, there can't be more fights. I, I wanna say there was like a kickboxing card next week. It might have been like a crush card or something. But uh, I have the folder right here. Yeah, it was a crush card. Alright, we're good. Uh, unless you guys wanna watch car uh crush. Yeah. No, I mean the fights are yeah, fun. Japanese kickboxing. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no such thing as a boring Japanese kickboxing fight. All right. Oh, and if you're um, if you have Fight Pass, um, if, before you cancel it because why would you still have it? Um, there's a CFC. No, I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I do too, but I'm a degenerate. Um, there's a CFFC card on uh, Friday, I believe. So. Hold on, one has a card next week too. Oh yeah, the um. It's primarily like Muay Thai, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we got Day Huan Kim versus Shuya Kamakubo. Yeah, they were in Thai band, so yeah, I'm assuming that is a Thai fight. Yeah. Nan, uh, Nano versus Han for the Muay Thai Bantamweight World Championship. Lord. Um, all right, so yeah, a um, lot of fights <laughs> to talk about. And. Nice. And presumably it's a three day weekend, so because uh, it also might snow, so that sucks. We'll see, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, so you guys will definitely be hearing. Oh wait, wait, wait! And, uh, Before uh, we should mention the 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 ESPN uh, plus uh, not ESPN plus the ESPN one card. It will be on Sunday, February. Oh yeah, 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 seventeen. Yes, that is on Sunday. So just just in, in case anybody was going to stay at home on Saturday and try to watch Cain Velasquez return, it's not going to be until Sunday. And I think, um, I don't mean to keep on rambling, but I think this actually starts at like a good time. Yeah, so the... Um, Incar's just at 9, I think. Yeah, so you got the uh, early prelims on ESPN Plus at 530 uh, ESPN prelims at seven, and then the main card starts at nine. Um, it, it, like, 
that's basically what the Fox cards were, or the FS1 cards were, except they're an hour earlier, which means presumably we'll be done by... Because it's a four-fight... It's a six-fight main card, but presumably we'll be done by midnight. Yeah. Or, or 12.30, which is so much better than 1.30, or 2 o'clock, yes. or whatever. <laughs> yes. The, the ESPN cards are paced so much better. Um, so, yeah. Be, be on the lookout for all that next week. There'll be... A, a ton of people getting punched and kicked in the face. Um, so there'll, there'll be more than enough to talk about. Uh, but that has been uh, today's show. So go back and mention, I mean, go back and watch all of the uh, fights that we covered and mentioned from you know, Bellator to boxing to uh, UFC 234. Um, but as always, end of the show. So time for our parting shots and shout outs. Um, my shout-out, um, n- n- none of my parting shots or shout-outs are MMA or even sports-related. Um, but my shout-out um, is going to go to an album, uh, Rest in Peace, Sean Price. Um, he put out a, how do you pronounce that word? Is it po- posthumous? Pa- uh, posthumous? Posthumous? Posthumous. Yeah, I think. Um, he had put out a posthumous album um, that was produced by a small professor. Uh, the album is entitled 86 Witness. Uh, it came out... As of this recording, like two days ago, something like that. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, but it's a ten-track. Um, I think they consider this an EP. I don't know if it's an EP or album. It, it don't matter. I'm calling it out. Ten-track uh, project uh, that that came out a couple of days ago. Um, just vintage Sean Price um, for ten tracks. He's slapping all of your favorite rappers. Um, and I didn't know this. Apparently, the album uh, it's called '86 Witness. It's dedicated to the year 1986. So a lot of the references are from things that happened that year. Um, one of my favorite songs, Refrigerator P, um, referring to uh, former NFL lineman, uh, Refrigerator Perry. Um, a lot, lot of what, whatever happened in 86, they talked about it. But no, like just vintage Sean Price album. Um, if you know Sean Price, if you know the kind of hip hop that he makes, this is just very on brand. So shout out to Duck Down Music and Coleman Records who teamed up to put this together. Um, I want to say from what I understand, I think some of this album had been recorded prior, but it's like just now being released. Um, but nah, it's, it's a good album. Like if you're a Sean Price fan, you'll love this. Uh, great features, of course, Rock from Health and Skelter. Uh, you got Guilty Simpson, Quelly Chris, uh, your old Drew, Grief the Lost Cause, um, and a couple others. Um, but nah, just really, really good just really grimy gutter slap your favorite rapper uh, kind of hip-hop so shout out to sean price and shout out to everybody who was um you know involved in this project and then helped put it together um a, a nice posthumous release for sean price this is a really really dope album um so shout outs to that and my parting shot man um parting shot to amc I almost feel like I like inadvertently thought this into existence. So as of this recording, we're recording this on the uh, about to say December, February tenth. Um, so I think the Walking Dead premiere for uh, the rest of the season is today. And I was just thinking the other day that I'm I'm on the fence on whether I'm even going to continue to watch the Walking Dead because I heard now that Michonne is leaving, and 
like this this season was getting better but i just kind of feel like the more i watch the show i'm more watching it and it just feels like a chore more than like i actually want to watch it so my thought process was you know what man i'm just kind of gonna just walk away and wipe my hands clean of the walking dead and i'll just watch into the badlands and that'll be like the one tv show that's not anime that i watch then i find out good news into the badlands is coming back uh the final eight episodes for season three will be coming on march 24th great news i was looking forward to it because season three was really 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 good uh for the first half and then in the same bomb they drop on me that uh after season three the show's getting canceled um so there will be no more into the badlands um after the season's over and just shot the amc because like this i really hope this show gets picked up because this show had so much good going for it, and I feel like AMC just really dropped the ball in terms of, you had a really good product, like, in terms of action, this was probably, like, one of the best <laughs> action shows on TV, on par with, like, a Daredevil in terms of, like, fight choreography. The show was progressively getting better every season, you had a really diverse cast of characters in terms of all kinds of representations, blacks, whites, Asians, everybody was in the show didn't feel forced like it was all natural just this show had so much good going for it and amc just like continually dropped the ball on like promoting it and it seemed like after every season we never knew if it was coming back because they wouldn't really talk about it and now it's just like getting dropped and it's like come on like what are y'all doing like now we're stuck with the walking dead which has been dragging on like way too long just i, I don't know i don't i don't understand why you get rid of the show um so, shots to y'all for not just, you, you had a good thing going and you're just, you're just kind of fumbling it away. But I, I hope Into the Badlands gets picked up. Shout outs to all the actors, Daniel Wu, uh, Nick Frost, um, everybody on that show, man. It's a really good show. Um, if you enjoy martial arts, watch this show. It's awesome. Um, just a lot, lot of fun characters, great fights. The story just progressively gets better and better. But AMC just fumbled it away, man. They they don't know what they're doing. So shout out y'all, whoever's in your, I don't know what you call them, executives, you you important people, who sit at the table and make decisions. You guys are dumb. They need that money for the Walking Dead spinoffs. <laughs> That's a whole nother. Uh, you guys are doing Walking Dead movies, like who? God, I, uh, just read the comics, people. Yeah, at this point, that's probably what I should just do. You know, I don't know. I might just wipe my hands clean and just... Like, Walking Dead started out really great for, like, the first, like, five seasons. And then it had a slump. Like, I get it. All shows have a, a slump. But then it just dragged on for too long. And it just... The whole Negan thing got dragged out really long. And it just almost seems like now that the show is getting better, I kind of don't even care. Because it just... Y'all dragged it on for too long. All the stars are leaving. Like, what am I here for? And then AMC takes away into the Badlands from me. So I, I don't like y'all right now. So shots at AMC. But shout outs to all the actors in Into the Badlands. You guys did a really great job. It was a really awesome show. And I hope somehow Netflix, Hulu, somebody picks it up. Because it, um, it deserves to be picked up. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, quick shout outs to Aaron Magruder, who wrote a new Boondock strip that I did not read yet. Yeah, you're out few of them. Yeah, it's out there. So I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if the Boondocks is coming back, but probably not. Yeah, probably not. But hey, man, I'll I'll take a strip. <laughs> I'll I'll take that. 
I said I get that collected edition. I'm gonna go all the Boondocks comic strips. Yeah. But uh, so th- those are my uh, my parting shots and shout outs. All right. No shots this week, but um, I, I mentioned them. We mentioned them at the start of the show, but shouts to um, to Ray Borg. Just you know, it was just like all the crap that's been thrown at him over the like over the past year and a half. Um, starting with you know the birth of his uh, his son, who has since required like five or six brain surgeries. To the stuff that with um, the the McGregor trolley through the bus incident, um, to like adopting his niece and then taking her to her first father daughter dance after her father died, like the dude's a stand up dude. Like, how can you not root for him? I really hope he has a job, um, because Lord knows what what they're gonna do with all the flyweights, um. So shouts to him. I hope everything's going well for him. Um, shouts to um, what is it? What is the organization called? Wrestle like a girl. I believe the organization is called. Um, they started a petition to get fifteen thousand signatures um, to show the NCAA that there is a. I don't know if it's the if market's the right word, but a desire. For more NCAA universities to pick up women's wrestling, um, I believe there are fi- like 49 co- uh, colleges in the country that offer a women's wrestling program across all NCAA schools, so D1 through D3, and they're not recognized by the NCAA. They are actually um, run by the WCWA, so they do not actually have a. Um, like a D1, D2, three, D3. So it's literally just 50 colleges. It's not like the 390 um, NCAA, D1 schools, like 50. No, it's like across all the universities. So um, I, I believe some junior colleges also have it, but I, I, I don't know any off the top of my head. But um, this group, Wrestle Like a Girl, um, that dedicates to the advancement of women's and girl, uh, girls and women's wrestling, uh, they started a petition a few, like last week on change.org to get 15,000 signatures to show that there is a desire for more, um, for, for more colleges to, uh, to start a women's wrestling program. They're currently sit like less than a week later, they are sitting at 14,320. Um, you know, if you want, like, and I, I get that there are not a lot of, People who listen to podcasts who probably follow uh, collegiate wrestling or even amateur wrestling at all. Um, but if you're an MMA fan and you want to um, you you want to see more women's prospects, better women's prospects um, coming into the sport, um, then you should be fully behind this. Go sign the petition. Go share it with your friends because um, that this is where. The next crop of like top, uh, like your Ronda Rousey level athletes are gonna come from. All right, and I mean we talked about it plenty of times before. Like we want some of these women's divisions to be able to build up and and morph into something, but the talent has to come from somewhere, and everybody's got to start somewhere. Right. So if you can get a couple of these wrestlers who maybe 
you know, were thinking about going somewhere else or, you know. Yeah, and again, like, even beyond just the MMA implications, like, I do believe, like, women should have the, like, wrestling, can, like, sports in general, like, especially like sports where you can get a scholarship for, that, that can save so many people's lives. Like, the, the, like, and it's a little different what wrestling is from basketball, but, like, how many dudes who are in the NBA right now would be on some foul shit if they were still like if there was no like scholarships for basketball? Like if there was not a place where they were allowed to be good at this sport, and like you want that for women too, and you want that in like wrestling. Right. Basically, you're just you're creating more opportunities. You're giving them. Now these women just, they have more options. Exactly. In this day and age, options is, that's everything. Yes. Like, you, you need you need options. You need people to have other avenues that... Like, you, you want a five-year-old little girl who goes to wrestling to know that there's an opportunity for her waiting. Like, th- th- there is something to aspire to, you know? Right. Like, th- that, like, once she hits, like, middle school there's not just a giant wall in front of her stopping her from doing what she loves to do right so like uh, like i hope more colleges pick it up um east Strasburg has uh picked up a wrestling program um said they were starting one this fall um so that was big news to uh from so like uh, and i know um a bunch of schools in jersey picked uh i think uh jersey picked up as a program this year like the state uh, sports authority uh, commission, whatever. So it's growing. It's one of the fastest growing sports, uh, women's wrestling. So props to Wrestle the Gap. Props to Wrestle Like a Girl. Please go sign the petition. It's easy to find. It's on change.org. Hashtag Wrestle the Gap. Um, And my last shout out is to the My Fitness app by um, Under Armour. Because, Because of it, I've lost a shit ton of weight that... I had no idea how to lose before it. If you want to lose weight, go count your calories. There you go. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm only two hundred and six point six pounds away from my goal, which is to be weightless. <laughs> you just become like an entity in the in the in the air. Yeah. Just... I want to fly. That's basically where this is going. <laughs> oh man, that's that's what's up. Yeah. The... The weight loss journey is real, man. Um, I've been on mine since, I don't know, it's been some years now. Um, I've, I've fluctuated up and down, and I've finally got to a point where I'm, like, hitting a, a good stride. I actually go to the doctor on Monday. So, we'll see how that goes. See, I've been, but, uh, I've been putting it off because I know he's just going to tell me, you've gotten really fast since the last time I've seen you. <laughs> yeah. That's the crazy thing. I don't feel like, like so, uh, like, a month, uh, like, in December, I weighed 220 pounds. I'm 5'10". Like, if you look at me, if you looked at me, you would not know I weigh 220 pounds. Like, there's a security guard at my job who is, like, a full two inches taller than me and is jacked as shit. Like, it, his muscles are bigger than my head and he weighs, like, 195 pounds. 
It's weird how that works. Right? <laughs> I'm like, dude, are you taking helium shots in the morning? Like, right. Like, but two people can weigh close to the same, but we look like completely different. But no, I'm 30. I was 30 pounds heavier than him. Yeah. But I could hide behind him. He's so. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's 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 real out here. But no, that's 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 good. Like you guys should, yeah, man. Take take your, like your health and fitness easy. I'm a living testimony of what can go wrong when you don't. Um, I've, I've had my fair share of hospital visits. Uh, they are not fun. Nah. <laughs> they are not fun. And it it just feels so much better on your joints, man. Like yeah, God, you like... you'll feel. You feel better. You have more energy. Like mentally, you feel like a lot more alert. And I didn't realize how sluggish I felt until I started losing weight. And I was like, "How was I even like?" Yeah, like how how do you function? <laughs> yeah, how was I even getting around and functioning like this? Like, do I used to walk. Like, what the <laughs> right? <laughs> so like, yeah, man. You guys like not not to turn this into some super preachy but like you know if you can get your 30 minutes in a day work out you know four day, three four days a week wherever you need to start everybody's got to start somewhere like it, it like is the like they, you don't even have to work out to lose weight that's the crazy part like that's yeah, what i've learned it. yeah you can just eat if you can if you can change the way your eating habits are i tell people the first easiest thing to cut out is soda or any sweet drinks so, like so you'll, you'll notice an immediate like result you'll stop feeling bloated your stomach will start to shrink because you're not you know sugars are very like inflammatory yeah so you're removing that soda and um chips yeah chips are the hard one for me (laughs) i feel you but like i learned like i I never realized how much one potato chip like or one bag of potato chips is because i used to eat them shits in like one sitting and I look at the back of the thing. It's like, hey, this bag has like twenty six servings of potato mm. chips, and like it's one hundred and fifty calories for thirteen chips. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? It <laughs> it adds up. Yeah, like if you guys can get into the habit, like eat healthier, pay attention to your serving sizes on the back of your food. Um, drink water. Drink yeah, drink a lot of water. Keep yourself hydrated. Stay away from. I'm not gonna tell you to never drink a soda. But just really, really, really cut back on it. And if you drink a soda, go for like a, a jog or something. Yeah. And real talk, like if any of you guys out there have any questions in regards to weight loss, like I said, this has been a really personal journey for me because um, it has like literally affected my life. I've been in the hospital because like high blood pressure, uh, I was like borderline diabetic, so I had to literally like make life changes on the fly, or very bad things were gonna happen to me. So I've been through this struggle. So if anybody has any questions or you want advice, help, you can reach out. Uh, I'll, I'll be more than enough to share you my little routines. I'm not, you know, by any stretch of the imagination like a D1 athlete, but I get by. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. I'm, work, I'm working on it. Um, so, yeah, take, take care of yourself. Um, you got to take care of yourself. So you continue to listen to our podcast. Um, we need so yeah. we need the numbers, right? <laughs> we can't afford to <laughs> right. So y'all y'all gotta stay alive. If y'all die, we die. <laughs> so, you know, help 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 me help you. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, that's that's it for today's show. As always, man, give us a listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play. 
send questions to dodo talk podcast at yahoo.com uh, hit us up on social media dojo talk podcast facebook page as well as the instagram page uh, follow me on twitter at serial sensei and all of that good stuff uh, so with that being said as always anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face we will be there to talk about it happy black history month till next time we will catch you guys later